0: Come
1: on, man. Stand
0: on, man. Stand on it Gillistown Speedway
2: proudly presents Rapping on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners, recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Here's Rapping on Racing.
4: Right, folks, back from two glorious weeks in Florida is my co-host Dave Oliveri. Dave, good evening.
2: Uh, well thanks Don, it, it was great, had a, some good time off with some some friends and had an opportunity to um, see how the other side lived. We had one little part of the trip, we went down to Jupiter Island and each home Don was between 30 to $60 million, but the thing on the boat tour that I found the most interesting of these 30 to $60 million home. These people live in it six weeks out of the year.
4: Well, do you think if you stayed down there, that'll let you stay in the other <laughs> 10 and a half months?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I said, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. it was just like, one was more spectacular. We went through golfer, a bunch of golfers, Greg Norman, Burt Reynolds' old house, but, you know, Tiger Woods compound, from what you could see of it, was just, you know, you know unbelievable then we had a had a chance to go see the the Trump estate over on Marlago, Florida and that was just you know some yeah just uh, just you know how the rich and famous actually live is, is kind of amazing but it's it's good to be back and uh, I'll be happy to hear the roar of the engines and have dirt in my face so back to normal
4: All right back to reality let's get started here <clears throat>
2: Yeah, we joining us this evening as always is Jennerstown Speedway General Manager Bill Rebar.
4: Boy, they had a big night there and he'll have it all in his report, but uh, NASCAR officials were up here and they awarded the track the fifty thousand dollars and just an incredible evening. Billy was very, very happy, and he'll have all that in his report. Now, motorsports entrepreneur, Michael Sikoski, is going to join us. And from his mouth, in his words only, is going to explain the drama that has been wrapped around him for the last couple of weeks. Uh,
2: yeah, just uh, we, we broke it a couple weeks ago, and... It was there during the firecracker weekend, which was Mike's official last weekend at the the Speedway. But, you know, Don, you know, we talked about it for at length. And for someone that has given so much to so many things, and motorsports will always be Mike's first love. But, you know, have the opportunity provided him uh, at this point in his life and career, like you said, it was just too good to pass up.
4: We have a couple segments on the show with Street Stock Top Gun, Casey Flegel, and I think you'll enjoy hearing from him.
2: When Casey's on with you, I'm looking forward to that one, because you just never know. You you talk about an interesting character and things that happen, uh, Casey's definitely one of them, but also joining us is the voice of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Tyler Harris.
4: He's got some excellent interviews. One is Tim Schaefer, the... uh, Very successful sprint car driver. You know, he won the Knoxville Nationals. He's a Larnerville track champion, yada, yada, yada. But now he picks up a win in a late model, and he was really happy. got some beautiful pictures from uh, Steve Scarupa, and uh, that'll all be part of our Facebook layout. But uh, he did... uh, Tyler did a nice interview with Ben Scott from Delaware, and it's kind of funny. When he went to talk to Ben, one of Ben's crew, crew members said, well, you had an interview before, but you didn't play it. And, and Tyler said, yeah, I think you're right. I don't know what happened. Now, here's a guy from Delaware listening to the show and wants to know why Ben's interview wasn't on there. So you can bet the rent it's going to be on Monday's show. That was pretty funny.
2: Yeah, getting back to you know Tim Schaefer, Don, Hall of Fame sprint car driver, and many many wins. Like you said, Knoxville Nationals, and we could go on and on about Tim. You know, the still City Outlaw. But you know, he has the, his little racetrack, uh, no-car track in Aliquippa, which usually runs one Wednesday evening throughout the summer, and you know he has fun with that. But you know, now that he's not on either the Outlaws or the All Stars on a full time basis. You know, he just lives down the road in Aliquippa, and he brings the 45, you know, late model out, and he's been trying. And sometimes, you know, you you knock on the door, you knock on the door. He's had a lot of seconds, and uh, I'll be interesting to hear his comments in victory lane because – As many times as he's won, Don, he's never won in a late model, so I'm sure it was a special moment for him.
4: Uh, In more uh, keeping with Tim Schaefer, and this had to be 25 years ago, I was in the pits roaming around. I was the on-track announcer, and I see him turning wrenches. On a pure stock that was a friend of his. So Tim's love of just bare bones racing, all the way up to the top of the chart in sprint cars. He just loves racing, and you got to admire the guy for pulling off that win in the late model.
2: Well, again, we you know we can relate. And you just had the interview a couple of weeks ago with Barry Audie, and you know Barry continues to win each and every week. You know, maybe in a backup car which i'm sure there's a story behind that which you and i were talking to earlier this morning but to these guys like you said to have a racetrack or to help you know people young or old it, it's just like you said it's a love of the sport and on you know, it's just as we're getting older I, I hope the next generation sees this and, and takes note because these guys are, are a rare breed but uh we had some action at the Lernerville Speedway on Wednesday. The All-Star Circuit of Champions was in, and when the number 57 pulls into the pits, uh, you have a pretty good chance at that point to know who the victor was. But we're just going to uh, touch on the top three. Um, the winner was Kyle Larson. Second was probably the hottest spring car driver in America in Brent Marks. And finishing third was Ohio Speed Week winner Justin Peck.
4: Also on the card that night was the Rush uh, Sprint, the Wingless Sprints, and Gail Ruth Jr. picked up the win.
2: Don, you know we we talk about this so often, and, you know, Vicky Emig and Mike Leone, they put this crate program together, you know, years and years ago, and, and, and he and I talk about this very often. These Rush Sprint cars, you can get into racing in this division fairly affordable Somewhere maybe between you know ten and twelve thousand dollars. There's a lot of sprint car chassis out there, and again with the engine package. But what's great about this division? One, it's benefiting the youngsters that are coming up from the micro sprints, but it's also given a chance to guys like you know Gail Roof Jr. who are maybe at the twilight of their career. Uh, they have a chance to jump back into something that's affordable and still race. And also we have sixteen-year-old. Super late model driver, Levi Yetter. And I know, Don, Levi picked up his first career late model heat race win at build this past Friday. So, 16 years old, falling in the footsteps of his uncle, and just a uh, super kid, kind of quiet. But uh, uh, I think we got a talent in Levi for years to come.
4: Well, actually, he had a heat race win last year and then picked up another one recently at Lernerville. Howie Bayless has two nice interviews, one with Jake Dietz talking about his win at Marion Center and a very emotional interview with Brett Huterra from La Trobe. And Brett uh, kind of got uh, choked up toward the end because his grandfather had just passed away. Uh, Doug Glesner, and you'll hear it in his... Uh, in Billy Rebar's uh, interview is okay, picture this, Doug, apparently where he lives, his driveway is kind of a challenge. And he said his wife backed his truck and trailer up the driveway and loaded the car, so when he got home from work, all they had to do was go to the racetrack. And I'd say Ray Ann's an amazing lady and he's a pretty lucky guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, she she's quite the hunter too, as well as Doug, but again the great part about Doug is, you know, he made it very clear this year that successful was the year that he had last year. Don that he wants to spend time with family, and, and I know the listeners from time to time they got to hear, they got to get be tired of you and her and I, you and I talking about family. But like you always said, you can't put time in a bottle. And he decided I'll race when I want to race, and when he does race, he usually ends up in victory lane.
4: Yeah. Billy had a little fun with his brother, and again, that's in Billy's report. Now, the um, I'm changing around the way we do the Victory Lane interviews, and I'm going to call it Auto Racing 101 ers for driver interviews. The thought being there that if they hear their interview, and it's a good one, they'll say, wow, I'm dynamic, but if it's not, Hey, I better clean this up a little bit and like hammering away at the thing that really bothers me is when a driver says, "I want to thank their, my sponsors." They know who they are. I, I just it makes my hair, what little bit I have, stand up. It's just crazy that they don't understand that.
2: Well, again, these people are, are the most important people, and I don't care what division you're in, and. Whether it's a four-cylinder or you're in a super late model, uh, even on a t- touring series. But, like, you know, we talk about either if if your memorization isn't that good, you have a big billboard sometimes on your car that you can look at. And I know from, you know, time to time when I'm doing victory lane interviews, and I'm looking at that. And some of the youngsters, they're new at it and they're nervous as heck. And then you've done, you know, way, way more victory lane interviews than I'll ever have done. But you try to help a little bit. But for the polished person, that's important. And I know, you know, we had an interview back, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago with one of the drivers. And like you said, we know who they are. Well, now I may know who they are, and the driver knows who they are. But the fans don't know who they are. And, again, that sponsors a lot of these people. I mean, I mean, you hate to say it, and probably I'll probably get in trouble for saying it. Most of the sponsorships are because someone loves auto racing or they love Don Gamble or Dave Oliver, and we're going to help them out. So when, it, when it's that time in the spotlight in the moment to thank those people for 30 seconds means the world to these people.
4: What I would recommend is these drivers pretend like they're a quarterback in the National Football League, have a little sleeve on their arm like the quarterbacks have, and just have the names, the bullet point names of your sponsors, so you can just, nobody would even know, you can just be looking at your arm and all the sponsors when it's time to thank them.
2: Well, well I know another pet peeve of yours is, you know, when you thank the sponsors, and you want to do that when you're in victory lane, but not everybody gets a chance to go into victory lane, Don. And we, you just told me a story not too long ago. Here was a, uh, one of the racers was out there, had some good sponsorship last year. Well, it was crickets the rest of the year. Well, unfortunately, that gentleman's sitting idle this year. So apparently if you don't reach out and you know talk to these people, they're going to say, well, I'll move on to the next person, or mm-hmm. I'm going to get out of the sport completely, and we don't need that.
4: Well, a lot of them think once they put the name on the car, that's all you need, and that's, that's not the answer. Dave, we're coming up on a commercial. We're going to take a break, but I want you to come back and join me in the third hour so we can cover some of the results.
2: Looking forward to it, Don.
5: This is the Banker Bob Thought for July the 11th. I read an article that said 75%
6: of the world's lawyers live in the United States and
5: 94% of the world's lawsuits are filed in the United States. I'm not sure if this is true, but it sounds
4: about right. Fans, probably the happiest man This Sunday is Billy Rebar. Bill, uh, welcome to Rapping on Racing, and so many good things happened. I'm just going to get the ball rolling right away. You know, when you started there in February of 2016, you've been there for six years, you probably had no idea that you'd be at the racetrack introducing a a group of NASCAR representatives that wanted to give you $50,000.
7: Yeah, Don, uh, what what a weekend, what a night, and just what a race season. I mean, we got nine weeks of racing in a row, and usually by now, guys are like, oh, we're ready for a rain out, oh, we need a break. And uh, I can honestly tell you, the 2022 season, that has not been the case. There's no place I would rather be on a Saturday night. Uh, our staff, our officials, everyone, it's just, everyone's become very good friends, and just what a great group of people to be around to celebrate what we did here Saturday night with You know, winning the Advanced My Track Challenge with Advanced Auto Parts. And like you said, we have representatives there from NASCAR. And now to answer your question, I didn't know we'd be here in this, this, you know, six, eight years ago. But we are. And uh, just keep looking forward and things keep getting bigger and bigger at center. Let's talk
4: about the crowd. And then I'd like you to segue into the food voucher situation.
7: So the crowd was off the charts on um, Advance was very, very involved in the planning of this event and they wanted it to be about the race fans. And initially they wanted to do ticket distributions at six local stores. And I kind of said to them, you know, I think that's great. It's a wonderful idea. However, we need to include more people. Uh, you know, our drivers encompass a larger span than just the region right around Jennerstown. I said, we need to reach out further. And they said, what do you suggest? And I said, look, I'm going to say this. Don't look at me funny. I said, I want to make it free admission. And they said, no, you can't do that. Don't do that. I'm telling you, the fans are the reason why we won this. The fans are the reason why you're bringing a $50,000 check. We need to give this back to the fans. And they all looked around, and they said, okay, let's do it. And they they gave us the blessing. We made it free admission Saturday night at the Jennerstown Speedway, and the result of that was over 6,000 fans were in attendance. Probably, if not the biggest crowd we've seen in eight years other than Monster Trucks. Just awesome night. Um, you know they, they put on an amazing fireworks display. I mean, truly, truly fantastic. High in the sky. Beautiful night for it. Had a, a band that NASCAR paid for afterwards while everyone down. And you mentioned, you alluded to the mill vouchers. The first 500 fans in attendance, received a $10 mill voucher courtesy of Advanced Auto Parts. 500 people, Don, 350 of which were lined up at the gate between the hours of 1 and 2, and when the gates opened at <laughs> 2, they flooded the facility.
4: T- tell me about Mary Ellen, the, la- the young lady that was involved in uh, coordinating that.
7: So Mary Ellen Mish has been a very key uh, member of the Jennerstown staff for the last couple years. She is aged, going to be a senior at North Star High School. She's been Leanne Henry, who our kitchen manager, she's been her right-hand gal for quite a while now. Well, Leanne, or I'm sorry, Mary Ellen has started working in our office a couple of days a week to take a little bit of the pressure off of me, field the phone calls, and do some secretarial work. And she's done a really great job. And with this scale of an event, I knew I needed some help. Uh, I needed a liaison to go with some of the other sponsors we had. We had a great sponsor there Saturday night with the uh, Croyle Nielsen Therapeutic Associates. They actually sponsor our playground. They do all kind of special needs uh, provided care, in-home care, and they had over 100 staff members and clients in attendance. The smiles on these people's faces, Dawn, make everything worth it. Um, It's just truly a great night to see those people get out and enjoy it. We're going to do a lot of great things with them here in the future, Jennerstown as well, Um, possibly even a program where these individuals with these special needs can actually work at the Speedway and uh, get that experience. So I am so proud to be partnered up with them. But Mary Ellen was the go-between there. She was my liaison, and she just did the most amazing job you could ever ask for. And what's really cool is she's really looking at colleges. She's looking at Cal U, which is my alumni. And, you know, you're familiar with California University of PA, and she wants to go into marketing and promoting and things like that. And I'm telling you, this girl has an extremely, extremely bright future ahead of her. Uh, NASCAR actually offers intern programs. You have to be a junior in, in uh, college, and it was pretty funny. We're standing around afterwards, and. She's talking to Brett Tisdell from NASCAR, and she goes, well, what do I have to do to do that? He goes, well, you just got to keep Billy to keep uh, NASCAR sanctioned for three more years when you go to college. I said, I don't think we have to worry about that.
4: (laughs) How about the 50-50?
7: $3,500, well-earned to the Jennerstown Volunteer Fire Department there every week. Once again, just like my officials, they give up all their time, to. You know, protect everybody at the Speedway. That is the largest 50-50 we've seen in eight years. And uh, hats off to the fans for supporting them. And actually, uh, it just—it's great to see this get bigger and bigger all the time.
4: I really enjoyed Nate's pre-race interview with Samantha Osborne. That was kind of nice.
7: Yeah, we're trying to do a lot more at the Speedway. Uh, obviously, time only much so much, but Nate just one of the best things that's happened to jennerstown he brings a whole new look to that announcing chair and uh the flow racing i mean that we're going to do a feature here real soon on all the interns that have helped out with jared adams lisa adams and everybody on the flow racing team that has turned into be more than anyone could ask for in one season i mean there's racetracks have been doing this five six seven years live streaming and they're not producing what jared and his team are doing and Really, really proud of them and everyone else. But, you know, Nate's just, man, I, he, I, I can't even put it into words how thankful I am that uh, two, two boys that grew up together and Smith and joined the fire department and was selling tickets at Motor Drummer, now, now a big part of Jennerstown Speedway. It's pretty awesome.
4: You mentioned uh, the volunteer fire department. Congratulations on your latest uh, award
7: oh thank you yeah i it, for quite some time i wanted to get my firefighter one certification which is a national recognized program and between uh raising a family and running a business kind of had to put that on hold but uh there were there were 42 candidates and 30 didn't pass there was only 12 of us that made it so i'm i'm pretty proud of that
4: well congratulations again hey uh how about bill rebar in the booth that's kind of a nice touch <laughs>
7: Yeah, we've been trying to get on the microphone a little bit here and there. I mean, Preston Cope fills in a little bit, does a great job. Nate Palenny does a great job. But i got to get my mic time as well, give Nate a little bit of a break. And uh it, it tell you what, Don, when you have a crowd like that and you got the amazing people, Vernon Yoder, Chad, Brad Boxer, and everybody in the booth, it's it's pretty easy to get on there and talk and have some fun.
4: Well, Nacho Nate, I think he enjoys being up there almost as much as running his car. And then you mentioned Preston, really smooth. And when he does an explanation of something, not only is he in the booth, but he's a driver. So he can bring things to the table that some announcers just wouldn't have that background.
7: Yeah, it's a really great uh, touch that we've added to the slow broadcast. And, and Jared is always thinking, that kid, I, I mean, I think I don't get sleep thinking. He's beyond anything you could imagine. And he's working on something right now where it may not happen this year, but in the offseason, we're going to work on it and perfect it. That he'll actually, Nate will be able to talk to their drivers in the cars, like when they're under caution, like they do in yeah. NASCAR. Yeah. So that's. That's a whole new next level stuff, right there, Don.
4: Wow, I'd like some of your thoughts on Rayanne Glesner. Uh, her husband mentioned in Victory Lane that she backed the trailer up, and I guess it's no easy task where they live. And loaded the car, and <laughs> when he got home for the day, he was ready to go.
7: Oh, the whole Glesner family—they're just great people. They—they uh, they got a huge crowd that show up every week that to sit together. You know, you mentioned. Doug and Rayanne, you know, they've been doing it for a couple years now. But his brother, Dale, who I think it was last year he got in a race car for the first time in, like, 15 years. He's been in it several times this year. He is the best-dressed driver in the pit. Brand-new fire suit, pristine condition. Unfortunately, he hasn't made it into Stony's victory lane yet. I think he's got, like, five or six seconds. I mean, he, he's known as, you know, his car number's, I think, 10, but he's known as number two because, uh, He's got a lot of second-place finishes, a lot of fun. Uh, last night when the band was playing, I pulled him aside, and I took him out on front, row. I said, just want to let you know, like, this is where Victory Lane is in case you ever make it there. Uh, all kidding aside, great family, a lot of fun, huge supporters of the Speedway, and I'm pretty confident Dale's not going to make a liar out of me. He's going to visit Tony's Victory Lane here real soon in that brand-new, pristine fire suit.
4: As a teacher, and me being a former teacher for – Forty-five years, And by the way, Cal U is also uh, my school. Uh, I'm an alumni of Cal U. At the end of the show, I play five or six interviews that Nate does for Victory Lane. And I start taping them maybe with two laps to go. And then I take out, uh, I clean it up because we don't need all those commercials that uh, show up. And then the drivers, if they want to, can hear their interview. And I think it could be a learning experience because after the excitement and the adrenaline and they have a chance a day or two later to hear what they say, maybe it will guide them into a situation where they could make their interviews even better. What are your thoughts on that?
7: I think it's a great idea, Don. I can tell you, I look at other flow broadcasts, I listen to other announcers, I mean, that's kind of like our Friday night ritual, we sit at the camper and we put flow racing on, and we watch either USAC announcers or whoever, and you just pick up little things that they say, and uh, my wife's favorite saying is, one guy the other night said, uh, somebody was smoother than chicken lips, but... If if you can learn from other announcers, I'm sure you can learn from other uh, race car drivers giving victory lane speeches, you know, do's and don'ts. You know, you might learn things that are really good to say. and You might learn things that maybe you might not want to say as well. So uh, I think it's a great opportunity to expand the show and, you know, let these guys pick up little tips.
4: One of the things that really rubs me the wrong way is when a driver says, I want to thank my sponsors. They know who they are.
7: And it's funny, you, you mentioned that several times on the show, and there's guys that listen to the show, and they still do it in victory lane. So uh, it's just, uh, I'm sure your blood's boiling when you hear that.
4: It is, and I'll, I'll just keep hammering away <laughs> until we get them on the right page. Well, uh, excellent report, excellent races, a beautiful night. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts?
7: Don, I just want to thank everybody again. Um, you know, you always got the people that want to heckle and do things on the Internet. And it's, it's the 1% that create 99% of your headaches. And, you know, we can never let that 1% ruin it for the rest of us. And sometimes that's hard because they're always the ones that are the most vocal, the most loud. And, you know, there's people that are no longer allowed to be at the speedway. And they hate it so much, but yet they have no problem trying to sneak in every week because they, they can't stand not being there. Uh, we can't let those people bring us down, and we need to all stick together and do what's best for this, this sport, and I truly believe we're doing what's best for the sport here at Jennerstown.
4: Tom Lang has a phrase for people like that. He calls them keyboard crew chiefs where they're probably in their parents' basement in their pajamas eating Doritos, and they're trying to tell you how to run the, the speedway.
7: Yeah, that's right. A couple of years ago at the banquet, I had a, an old textbook, and I wrapped it in a thing I found on the internet that says, how to run a Speedway by everybody on the internet. You know, and I was reading it during the winter. But, uh, you know, all <laughs> kidding aside, nobody's perfect. We make mistakes, but we do our best. And uh, as long as everybody has the, the best interest of the Speedway in mind, that's what we're going to keep doing.
4: Well, it was a wonderful evening, Saturday. I want to thank you for being with us, and you have a nice weekend. Thanks, Don. This portion of today's program is brought to you in part by Curtis Power Solutions. I want to tell you a little bit about Area Auto Racing News. Nice uh, newspaper. It covers a lot of good stuff. Some of the writers, Dave Moody, Ernie Saxton, Walt Weimer, Chuck Bollinger, Dave Dragovich, just to name a few. As a matter of fact, Bollinger, Dragovich, and uh, Weimer have been part of Rappin' On Racing for many, many years. You can get 50 issues for $56, but what I like best is a digital subscription, which is $45. Really neat uh, paper. If you need more information, you can give them a call at 609-888-3618. That number again for area Auto Racing News, 609-888-3618. You won't be disappointed.
8: Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Rapping on Racing airs live Mondays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher rapping on racing.com or hulu television you can also listen on your computer iphone or ipad don and his co-hosts present the good the bad and the ugly of local racing the two-hour show features local track reports special guests driver interviews and all of the national racing news check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email racing at gmail.com.
9: Hi, this is NASCAR driver Josh Berry, and you're listening to Wrapping on Racing.
4: Race fans, for the past several weeks, there's been one gentleman that has been the topic of conversation at all the racetracks. And I thought the best way to get everyone on the same page would to have him join us, Mike Lisakowski? Good evening. How are you?
10: Good evening, Don. I'm I'm doing very well. It's uh, always a pleasure to hear your voice. As uh, I've played uh, several roles in Rapping on Racing over the years, and. Uh and I guess we're going to be talking this evening about my retirement from motorsports in this segment, so it's a little bit different from the, uh, the other conversations we've had over the past uh, 30 years or so.
4: Well, before we get too far into the weeds, I want to share with the listeners, and we have a lot of new ones, when you were 16, you showed up at Wixie Radio with Dave Kitty and Larry Mattingly, and you had a stack of binders, and I love telling this story, and I said, Mike, what are you going to do with all the binders? Well, if I need to refer to something for the show, I'll just look in a binder. And my answer to you was, Mike, you're going to be lucky if you have time to get a glass of water, let alone look in those binders. And here we are 30 years later. You have been a part of Rappin' on Racing in some capacity for all those years. And I thank you for that. I remember the nights when I had a townhouse in... Murraysville, and uh, Delmont, rather, and you would drive from Mercer to be a co-host on the show. But as a perk, I would always take you somewhere and feed you. And I knew the way, the way to your heart was through your stomach.
10: <laughs> and and that remains true. Yes, uh, food yeah. is still very very important to me, and and wrapping on racing was very important to me. You know, from uh, from about age ten or eleven, I became an absolutely loyal listener. And I remember working up the courage to dial in the number and answer a trivia question for a prize, uh, and be on the air for you know a minute and a half to uh, uh, to win something, maybe tickets to a race, and, and answer a trivia question. And just five or six years later, uh, after becoming a loyal listener, uh, I was on the air, as you mentioned, for the first time. So I thank you very much for uh, for making that transition from. Uh, fan of Rapping on Racing to Contributor.
4: I never knew that trivia question story. I thought I knew everything. <laughs> well, my, I, go ahead.
10: <laughs> I, I, the first time I ever called Rapping on Racing, and this kind of brings things full circle in our conversation here, uh, Gene Lynch, who created the Ohio Speed Week concept, uh, would always offer on that week two free tickets to any of the nights on Ohio Sprint Speed Week. And that was such a coveted prize to me, living you know pretty close to the Ohio border, uh, that uh, I would always know the answer to the trivia questions, but I would only call in when it was top-notch prizes. And again, I was about 11 or 12 years old, and, uh, and we had to position the antenna on the radio exactly the right way to get the station to come in here. And, and, uh, and, and those phone calls, I remember as a kid, compared to the phone calls in more recent years with the old on-the-road reports. And... Uh, just kind of brought life full circle, you know, from a little kid calling the show as an avid listener uh, to one of the weekly reporters. And uh, it's been a fun ride all the way through. So thanks, Don.
4: We have covered a lot of things and I really appreciate your involvement. Now, I'd like to roll a calendar back a couple, maybe three weeks when there was a big change coming in your life. How and when did this all get started?
10: Uh, The how is a bit mysterious, so I'll try to bridge that gap for everybody, and the when is actually sort of tragic. Uh, As serving uh, the position of general manager at Lernerville Speedway, uh, I began to get phone calls from a woman who had previously attended some of the corporate seminars that I teach as a sort of hobby and second-line income uh, during my off-seasons. I've, I've taught marketing and public relations and fundraising and sponsorships. And uh, over the past 10 or 15 years, I've been hired by chambers of commerce and downtown business associations and various other organizations to come in and, and teach these seminars and topics to their constituents. Uh, and a woman from central Pennsylvania, I, I guess two people actually from the same company, had attended two of my seminars years ago. Uh, with working at, at Jennerstown and Lernerville in recent years I hadn't had much time to uh, uh, to do those things during the racing off season so uh, looking back several years they were so impressed by the material and and the things that I presented uh, that when a vacancy opened up in their organization in central Pennsylvania she started to call me and she said we think you're the right guy for the job uh, all the information that we learned from you in the past we brought back to this organization uh, and now there's a position open that we'd like you to have and uh, I appreciated the call, and I said, "Well, I'm I'm really happy. I'm in probably the, the job of my dreams right now, uh, serving the Lernerville Speedway in a in a great role and a great capacity with great people." And uh, essentially, she didn't want to take no for an answer, and, and she kept she sent some emails and she made a few more phone calls, and I, I was starting to kind of get annoyed. You know, she's saying what would it take, and I'm saying I'm very happy here at Lernerville. So I devised a plan to get her to stop calling. I said, the next time she asks me what it will take, I'll just spout out the most ridiculous thing that I can think of, and that'll get her to leave me alone. So I got another call. She said, what's it going to take? I said, all right, you want me to leave Lernerville? Here's what it would take. And I spouted out what I thought was ridiculous, and she said, okay. So at that pause in my voice, I said, all right, wait a minute. This has to be a load of baloney. Uh so then my conversations with her all ended with put it in writing. I, I wasn't believing it at that point. Just, put it in writing, put it in writing. And to my surprise, she actually put it in writing. Uh so I was made and and you know, you always hear the phrase from the old mafia movies, uh an offer too good to refuse and I didn't think there really was such a thing. Uh but I was made an offer too good to refuse uh and that's sort of why I'm on the show here tonight. Uh for the first time in my life, I am not making a living in motorsports. And uh, here on this show, where I got started at age 16 after being tutored by Dave Kitty as a writer for RPM Magazine prior to that first uh, engagement on Rapping on Racing years ago, uh, this is the first time in my life, uh, it's been about three or four weeks now, that uh, I'm earning a living outside of motorsports. And and the reason I wanted to uh, to make this known here on Rapping on Racing, Don, is because Uh, I want it to be clear that there is nothing wrong at the Lernerville Speedway. Uh, When something like this happens, there's probably some Internet jockey on social media out there uh, just getting ready to type, you know, they ran out of nacho cheese at the pit concession stand a few weeks back. Now this, something's wrong over there. No, nothing is wrong at the Lernerville Speedway. I had fully intended to hold that position for 20, 30 years or as long as they would keep me. Uh, I really enjoyed everything that was going on there, and I know a lot of the listeners maybe have bumped into me on race night, and I think it was pretty clear for anybody that did see me on a Friday night how much I enjoyed that track and working for the Thompson family and being a part of the Lernerville team, and I would have never, ever suspected that I would have the desire to leave, and it's right. I, I didn't have the desire to leave. I would still want to hold that position uh... but the offer that was made by this organization is something that i never even believed could be true uh... it's a government funded agency it, it's not with the government but uh... they get all of their funding from state government so they have to adhere to human resources regulations very similar to the government uh... Which that means that i have a list of days off that i've never even heard of i'm off arbor day and flag day and columbus day and Uh, It is truly bankers' hours of 40 hours a week and never a minute more, never an evening, never a weekend, um, and a pay that is simply unrivaled by anything in motorsports. And so uh, I want to not only make the point that uh, there's nothing wrong at Lernerville and that I will be forever jealous of the person who gets that job because that's the work that I'd want to do, but now for the first time in my life I'm doing a job that I may not enjoy as much Uh, But uh, the offer was made that, and, and let's say somebody out there is thinking, well, you know, if somebody believes that I was doing the most fantastic job that anybody could at Lernerville, and I say that sarcastically because the Lernerville team will tell you, I dropped a few balls during that gig at Lernerville Speedway, but let's say somebody thought I was perfect for that role, and they're saying, well, then Lernerville should have stepped up and tried to match it. Uh, no. Uh, there is no entity in North American motorsports, be it series or track, that could possibly match the offer that I was given. So uh, now I join the ranks of people who, uh, and I think it's a majority of people, who, are, who don't necessarily love their job. But uh, the fact that it's only 40 hours a week, the good news is I don't have to say goodbye to anybody in racing because now I will have more time to attend races than I did the entire time I worked at Jennerstown or the entire time I worked at Lernerville. So uh, I'm going to be hanging around. Maybe sometimes I'll put my camera equipment on and head for an infield, but uh, I'll be around the racetracks once I get my life fully uh, adjusted and, uh, and fully uh, renewed, I guess, uh, to this new schedule and to all the things that go with it. I get to work from home a couple of days a week, which is good. Uh, but uh, there's an adjustment period as I just came out of three weeks of government training and certifications. And that's what made the timing so awful. Uh, When they made this offer, uh, government trainings were beginning on June the 13th. So I had to be out of Lernerville and into this position with all the paperwork done to begin those trainings given in Harrisburg, or there was going to be no deal. So uh, as gut-wrenching as it was, to leave Lernerville two weeks before the biggest event in track history, the Firecracker. Uh, let me tell you, it was very, very sad that I had to miss the first two days of the Firecracker, but luckily I got to be a part of it on Saturday, on the final day, uh, and see that biggest event in Lernerville history. But you know, the position that I put the whole Lernerville team in by needing to abandon two weeks before that event was just awful, and and I feel badly about that, and I can tell you anything that went wrong on Firecracker weekend would have absolutely been my fault because I had to abandon the team at the worst possible time in order to accept this offer, but uh, the trainings and certifications began on June 13th, and uh, as we talk now, uh, just about three or four weeks in, and uh, it's a total life transition that uh, once I'm completed, I'll be hanging out in the grandstands and the pits at the racetracks again.
4: Mike, hold that thought. We're going to have to take a commercial break. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Mike Lisakowski, and we'll be back after these messages.
11: At Alternative Power Sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one size fits all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust but with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities. At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1-800-894-4455. That's 1-800-894-4455.
4: All right, fans, we're back. We're talking to Mike Lisakowski. Mike, you mentioned the firecracker, and I want to make sure I have my facts right. I believe the deal came together when you made a phone call to Rick Schwally. Is that correct?
10: Uh, yeah, that, uh, the, the series director for the Lucas Racing Series uh, is Rick Schwally, who I've known since Rick and I were like maybe 19 years old. Uh, I met him 20 years ago, 25 years ago in the infield of Florence Speedway when he was a photographer and I was a photographer for uh, the publications here at Motorsport Aspects. And uh, we shared infields all over the country. And, and I talked to him multiple times every year and hung out with him at the races. Uh, uh, he moved on to a couple of other positions as well. And, and now he is in the job of his dreams at the, uh, at the head of the Lucas series. And uh, when there had been some talk about, you know, 12 or 13 firecrackers had gone by and uh nothing was wrong with any of those but uh you know you're always looking to grow and, and maybe give the fans something new i had the thought that you know 11 different touring series visit the lernerville speedway every year and it was kind of shocking to me that the lucas series had never been one of those uh so the uh you know the existing team had had considered that uh, in years past and i said well geez, the series director's been a friend of mine for 20 years. Let me call him and see what he thinks. And, and that really started the ball rolling toward making the firecracker the event that, uh, that had just gone by. I mean, uh, I was there Saturday. We had 32 teams participate uh, in the Cornhole Tournament. We had 550-ish campers uh, renting spaces for the weekend uh... three live bands one every night uh... just an event of such a magnitude that it really goes well beyond the late model competition on the track which i think was enhanced this year by sanctioning the Lucas Oil Series for those three nights and all the other things that go on as a part of that big weekend are so much fun to be submerged in and, uh, and, and I was really thankful to be a part of that uh, on Saturday night but I'll tell you my, my thoughts were certainly with everybody at Lernerville on Thursday and Friday as I had to miss the first two nights being in central Pennsylvania but uh, yeah, an event for the ages certainly and uh, looking for that relationship to probably continue at Learnerville for several years to come
4: well, on your resume or your legacy, you have to be proud of the fact that the single most successful event ever at Lernerville Speedway came to fruition after your phone call.
10: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, and, and I got to talk to Rick, and, and, and just to tell you what kind of a guy Rick is, I I hadn't had a chance to see him for most of Saturday night, and after the B main was over... I finally had a minute. I said, let me run down and and actually shake hands with Rick, because we'd been on the phone with each other several times, of course, leading up to that. Um, And here he is, the top man at the Lucas Series. He is the head honcho. He's the main man. And he didn't see me coming. I peeked around the rig and walked up, and there he was with a trash bag picking up all of the garbage around the touring series rig that they call their headquarters during the race weekend. Uh, so you, after three days, you know, here's, here's the top dog. And one of the reasons that that series is so great to, to deal with and be a part of is because the head honcho himself was picking up all the trash around the rig because he didn't want to leave it laying in the Lernerville pits. So uh, a really good guy that I've known for a long time. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, it was great to see, uh, you know, the, the fans were thrilled. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know of anything that went wrong, but I can tell you that all of that is a testament to the team that had to pick up my slack, because as the guy who spent the most time communicating with the series and making the phone calls and arranging the rental lights and the security guards, you know, to, to be forced to abandon that Lernerville team when I did was just awful, and everybody picked up the slack to make that event so wonderful, which is it, it's such a testament to everybody on the staff at Lernerville Speedway. You know, Lernerville ran perfectly smooth before Mike. There's no reason to believe it's not going to run perfectly smooth after Mike, and Uh, You know, it's a a position that I will forever be jealous that I'm not holding. So, uh, yeah, kudos to that team for for covering for me those weeks.
4: Well, this uh, interview we're having should eliminate all the rumors that uh, Tom Lang calls them keyboard crew chiefs, that uh, they're (laughs) sitting in their parents' basement in their pajamas eating Doritos and they think they're so smart. Uh, you mentioned something earlier in the interview about uh, motorsports aspects. Now, what is that? And I'm sure that based on your 40-hour week, it will continue.
10: Uh, yeah, the, uh, the name Motorsport Aspects uh, we created when I was about 18 years old, uh, we published the Oval Track Annual Magazines that were sold in 13 states across the country uh, for about five or six years. Uh, uh, that was how I made my living initially, uh, in the sport of racing as a teenager with a, a business that I started. And later, after uh, the Internet sort of uh, hurt the print industry to the point where the Oval Track Annual no longer existed, uh, Motorsport Aspects was the business name that I used in traveling all over the country, uh, renting out my services as an announcer, a broadcaster, a uh, public relations specialist, uh, you know, media relations uh... sponsorship consultation all the work that i did for national touring series for fifteen or twenty years went under that name of motorsport aspects and you fast forward to present day and you mentioned my uh... my cushy easy 40 or a week now which you know i'm trying to go accustomed to that after working sixty and seventy hours a week in the racing industry for all these years uh... motorsport aspects now offers the souvenir program books at six speedways every week and we've been doing that since two thousand and eight uh, my parents are actually the two employees. You can literally call it a mom and pop operation, I guess. As uh, my parents do all the collating and folding and stapling and deliveries and boxing of of all those books, uh, and uh, so we've been doing that for quite a while. Uh, uh, Bedford Speedway and and uh, uh, the Tyler County Speedway and State Line Speedway. We do program books in three states and some series yearbooks and. That will continue because since my parents retired, they now work for Motorsport Aspects and uh, looking to build on a couple of those relationships. We might be uh, doing some books for the Port Royal Speedway. And, geez, over the years we've done, you know, Jennerstown, Motordrome, Pittsburgh, Hidden Valley, uh, you know, just so many tracks uh, through the years that have... Uh, uh, have built motorsport aspects up. That uh, yeah, with only working forty hours a week, uh, that will certainly continue uh, under that name. Primarily with uh, my parents as the as the two staff people making that all happen.
4: With weekends off, I think it's safe to assume that you will turn up here and there doing some announcing. Uh,
10: you know, at this point, I, I guess I hadn't thought of that yet because I'm kind of still in this transition. Uh, I'm already considering. Going to the tracks this week. I've had to skip uh, about a week and a half or two weeks of races. So uh, I will be turning up in the grandstands, the pits, and the infield on a regular basis. Uh, you know, maybe missing a, a night here or there for the new boat that I have parked in the backyard. But, uh, you know, for many years I was a, a second stringer on the Rush series that when Brian Spade couldn't make it to the track, uh, Vicki and Mike would use me as the Rush series announcer. Uh, you know, I've, I've filled in at virtually every track and uh, you know by the time I get really settled in this position as we're only a, a week out of my training, uh, you know we'll probably be almost to August by the time I have a routine going here and and that brings the season pretty close to an end. But you know by 2023, you know if, if tracks are in need, I could see that uh, uh, filling up some weekends for me. you know maybe if uh, if Big E at Lernerville has to take a night off, maybe I'd be the announcer there. If uh, gary Gary or Jason and the PR team need a night off, maybe I could fill in at Lernerville. Uh, you know if Tri City uh, is missing an announcer for a week, I spent uh, a full season up there when Merle reopened that track. maybe I could fill in for a night there and uh, so yeah there there might be some opportunities for that. I think for this season it's going to be uh, more a matter of just getting my life adjusted because there are some changes. I have to uh, make a trip out to the uh, uh, to the 17 counties served by my organization in the central part of the state at least one or two days a week so uh, we'll have to see how that goes but uh, yeah I'm, I might choose the uh, the Greg Wheeling schedule that uh, retired but not really retired fill in schedule around the tracks uh, as time goes on but uh, I know for this year as I mentioned that uh, you know retiring from racing would be very very sad if I had to abandon all of the people that I've come to know so closely over the last 30 years and Uh, because as you mentioned on my weekend schedule is so light that doesn't have to happen i'll be seeing everybody around the tracks maybe even more so that's uh that's the one good part about my retirement from racing
4: well would i be leaning on our friendship if i ask you for an occasional uh, interview on one of your trips to one of your tracks
10: Uh, that would be spectacular you know to to remain involved with wrapping on racing uh, some 30 plus years in uh, i I greatly appreciate that invite and and while we're on that topic, you know, I, I, I wanted to come on here to you know, make a few points, uh, one being I won't be a stranger, two being everything's fine at Lernerville, and the third point that uh, I appreciate the minutes you've given me on the show for tonight, Don, are, are a couple of thank yous that need to go out. Uh, you mentioned Dave Kitty at the start, and I was a 16-year-old kid who was told by his teachers that he had writing talent, uh, and after I got chosen to represent my school writing an ABC television after-school special, I put together a little resume and sent it to Dave Kitty as a longtime subscriber through the Don Gamble era and the Dave Kitty era of RPM Magazine and then RPM Racing News. And uh, Dave responded to me and, and let me come on board as a, as a columnist and a feature story writer and a photographer and uh, showed me the whole process of the magazine, and, and I sold a few ads there. And so uh, I want to thank Dave Kitty for launching my racing career and sort of making my dreams come true by getting a media pass in my hand for the first time as a teenager. I was a kind of a risk on his part, and, and now I'm going to have the time to rekindle that friendship as I've been so busy the last five or six years at Jennerstown and Lernerville that uh, I almost lost touch with Dave. But I wanted to give him a, a huge thank you for launching my career in this sport. And then uh, Gene Lynch, who we talked about earlier, uh, gave me my first paying jobs in the sport uh, with the all-star circuit of champion sprint cars as I was their fill-in publicity director and then their traveling announcer for several years. And uh, from the time I got started at Lernerville a few years ago, I've been saying I got to take Jean to lunch. I owe her three or four phone calls and I owe her three or four lunches. And now I have the time to follow through on those plans. And I want to thank her very much for uh, getting my professional career started in racing and, uh, Last, certainly not least, though, Don, I want to thank you again for not only turning uh, a kid who was a loyal listener into a contributor to this very radio show, but, uh, you know, my dreams came true when I was hired by the Jennerstown Speedway, where I spent all of my teenage years watching the races there, and if you had told Teenage Mike, hey, you're going to have a key to the Jennerstown Speedway someday, uh, that would have made Teenage Mike very, very happy, Uh, and where I spent all my Fridays from age one to... 17 or 18 at the Lernerville Speedway, to become a part of that team and be a part of everything going on at the Lernerville Speedway for two, three years, uh, that would have made young Mike very, very happy as well. And in both of those situations, Don, I know that uh, you personally uh, mentioned to people uh, that the quality of my work was such that I deserved opportunities like that. And I want to publicly thank you for the role that you've played in my career, not only on the radio and in broadcasting, but uh, sort of paving the way for a couple of those opportunities that were both dreams come true. So uh, thank you very much, Don, and to all the people that have uh, had a hand in making me very, very happy as a person making a living in racing for most of my life. It's been been a fantasy come true.
4: Well, the 30 years we've been together were wonderful. Hopefully the future, the next... Ten or twenty years will be just as good. I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us tonight and clearing up all the rumors.
10: Thank you for the opportunity to do that tonight, Don. I wish I wish everybody at the Lernerville Speedway the best. You know, the the years at Lernerville and Jennerstown were so terrific and so many more years than that at Rapping on Racing were we're just amazing. So uh, I'll be seeing everybody at the racetracks, and uh, Don, anytime you need to hear this voice for a report, uh, it's here for you, and uh, boy, I can't wait to get back to the tracks and, uh, and say hi to everybody uh, with my new life uh, already in place, Don.
4: Thank you. Have a wonderful evening. You do the same. Thanks. This portion of today's program was brought to you in part by Curtis Power Solutions. This portion of today's program was brought to you in part by Curtis Power Solutions. Are you in
11: need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com.
12: Down here in Stony's Beer Victory Lane, Casey Flegel climbs out of his race car. Winning both Saturday and Sunday night. Back-to-back wins as he sweeps the weekend in the Rons Collision Center Street Stock Division. The 113 had to start all the way back in 10th, work his way through the field to get up to first. He did it in three laps, picking up yet another win here at Jennerstown Speedway. This 113 car has been really good in this division for quite some time. Casey, come on over here, man. You start 10th, you have to work your way through the field tonight. You were
3: wasting no time to get out in front. When you start in the back, you gotta get to the front as fast as you can because when somebody gets out on you, it's hard to run them down if it stays green. Uh, Them guys opened up a hole back there. Mark's like, he's come over here, he's like, you're gonna have to wait a little bit. I'm like, there's a hole there, we're going. (laughs) <laughs> spotter saying hey just wait
12: and uh, you just working your way up through there i'll tell you what this car has just been so fast for so long now uh but you're still able to just sail off it took you three laps to get to the lead and then i think you got up to seven seconds uh w- with that lead how much fun are you having driving this race car
3: well 10 to go it got a, it got a terrible vibration so i eased up on it pretty pretty good uh I just ran it hard enough just to try to keep pace because it was vibrating real bad. I think that bushing's going out of transmission again. We had trouble with it last couple of weeks. But when, that, that's what I told Mark. I said, you know, he tells me, you know, let up, let up, let up. When a car is handling that good, it's, it's too much fun to drive. It's too, it's too, it's too hard to, to let up whenever it's working that good because so many nights you're in them and they don't work that good and you fight yourself the whole time and you're wore out till you get out of them. Whenever you can drive them with three fingers and go around there like that, it's awesome.
12: It's got to be fun winning. Who do you want to thank on this
3: race car, Casey? Uh, Memorial Highway Chevrolet, Sandy's, TriStar and Somerset, Kermit Gribble, Jeff Carey, my dad, Toes Auto, uh, Shane Schaefer Incorporated, Southside Transfer, JR's Tackle Box, Sleezak Karate School, Lodge at Indian Lake, Fat Boys, Knuckleheads. Trying to think who's on the other side. Wild West Wash House, Double T Rentals, Bailey's Auto, and Acosta. Anybody I forgot, I'm sorry. Hopefully get you next time. Uh, Hoyle and Musto coming into pits and helping me out this weekend. We were a little bit shorthanded, like I said last night. And uh, I want to thank all the fans for coming out and supporting us.
12: Casey Flegel sweeps the weekend here in the Rons Collision Center Street Stocks. How about a round of applause for this guy? Two wins in one weekend for the 113 of Casey Flegel.
4: Race fans, Casey Flegel is probably the one of the most colorful drivers in his division at Jennerstown, and he's joining us now. Casey, good afternoon. How are you? Good, Don. How about yourself? Good. You know, you won so far this season. We're not even going to talk about it, last season. You won six races. You were disqualified for one, and then you were thrown out for one uh is it safe to say you're a pretty interesting character
0: yeah I guess that's uh that's one one thing you can call me uh I don't leave anything uh I don't leave anything in the dark if i if I'm feeling something or whatever it is, I let my emotions go i mean I'll tell you straight up how it is and that's a good thing sometimes and a bad thing sometimes so
4: So shyness is not one of your qualifications, right? No, no, sir. All right. Now, obviously, you're an excellent mechanic, and you're always helping somebody. I mean, some of your stories about helping these four-cylinder guys is incredible. From time to time, you'll jump in one of them if a guy can't be there, and you go out and win the race. It was a deal where you actually rebuilt or built a guy a new car between Saturday and Saturday, and he went out and won the feature. But if you were uh, an analyzing who is Casey Flegel, what would your opinion be of this guy winning all these races?
0: Well, that's the thing. Uh, you know, I, I grew up. Uh, Barry Audis, my uncle. So, growing up watching him race, I mean, I've been going to Jennerstown since I was a baby. You know, so from the time I was from the time I was old enough to watch and understand what was going on, watching him win. I mean, he very, very, he uh, eats, sleeps, and breathes race cars and racing. And um, I try to mirror myself off of him. I mean, I know how many people he helps out and uh, how many people wouldn't be at the racetrack if it wasn't for him. And uh, I'm just doing my best to follow in his footsteps. I mean, I know like this year, just this year, there's three cars there. Uh, two four cylinders and a Charger car that wouldn't be there without me. I mean, I built two car, two four cylinders this year from from nothing in from Saturday to Saturday, and uh, then I got Josh Mosgrave, bought a uh, Charger car that uh, Torino car, and actually he's running my Charger motor that I ran whenever I ran Chargers. So I just you know, if people want to people want to race, I do anything I can to help them out.
4: Well, obviously, Barry has been an excellent role model and that race where he got intentionally put out of the race and put up on the wall. That was a bad deal. But he handled it like a gentleman. You know, he probably should have went on and knocked the guy in the nose. But he didn't. Uh, He wasn't happy with what happened, but he handled it properly.
0: He did. He did, yep. But Barry's Gary's been in that situation, unfortunately, quite a quite a few times over the years. Uh, I don't I don't seem to handle myself quite as good as he does yet, which I think everybody kind of knows that. Uh, but I'm getting a lot better. I'm getting a lot better. The, the more the more I'm there, I calm down a little bit. Uh, but nobody wants to see anybody's car get junked up or wrecked up, you know. Especially especially nowadays. I mean, the way the economy is and way racing is you know racing was dying dying sport and it's just so expensive it's it's you never want to see anybody even even if even if you hate the guy you never want to see somebody with tore up equipment because you know what it takes to have that car you know at the track every week and it just it sucks whenever it happens
4: i thought it was real nice he came back the next day the next day with his backup car and won the feature
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you, like I said, Barry's been Barry's been at it a long time. You know, uh, honestly, I think you could blindfold him. He could drive around that track in that car blindfolded and probably still win the race.
4: <laughs> okay, I'm going to pretend that I'm a street start driver in your division. Should I be upset by the fact that you win all the time?
0: Um, I hope not. I mean, I tried to explain this to a couple different people. Um, I have an advantage. I feel I have an advantage over pretty much anything that I drive, as far like on the wherever because I drove super late model on the dirt, you know. So I went 130 mile an hour down down the front stretch at Bedford in a in a 2,200 pound car that had 800 horsepower, uh, and throw it into the corner and stand in it wide open. And if you if you if you're not afraid to do that to go into the corner of 90 mile an hour at Jennerstown on the pavement in a 3,200 pound car. It's like, you know, it's going to turn. So it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I don't know. It's, that's the way I look at it. I, I said before, some people are blessed with, you know, some people are blessed that they can play sports. Some people are good at basketball, football, you know, what have you. Uh, I feel like my blessing in life is God gave me the gift to drive a race car. And, uh, I mean, pretty much anything that I've ever got in and ran, I've done well in, so some, something's got to be there. Uh, but as far as anybody else in the class, I mean, Sean Booth, for example. You know, Saturday, he came over there. He ran okay. Well, then Sunday, we, me and Mark got there early, and uh, we went over and helped him work on his car and got his car set up, and, heck, he ran, he ran second most of the night. He got a little... Got a little uh, hot into turn one there with like one lap to go or two laps to go, and he ended up taking fourth, but he looked he looked w- way better than he did on Saturday, and, and he couldn't thank us enough for helping him out. You know, we're always willing to help guys out to get them better.
4: Bench, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Casey Flegel, the driver of the 113.
8: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers' competed late models, modifieds, pro-stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA-sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro Races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment the 6 pm start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway complex
4: and if you're just joining us we're talking to Casey Flegel the driver of the 113 back to the booth situation so when other drivers see you taking the time to help someone in your division that's going to race against you, that should deliver a message, you know, that this guy's a good driver, he wins a lot, but he would help you try to beat him. Uh, people have to understand that when they see that.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, its I don't think it's a secret. I mean, that car, my car did well when Sean had it. You know, and then Sean sold it, and the car didn't do nothing. And then I got it, and now the car wins races again. So it it takes – the the winning combination is a good car with a good driver and a good setup. Well, Mark Musto, uh, he, he built that car from the ground up, so he knows every square inch of that car. And whenever I, whenever I tell people in victory lane that I don't do nothing on that car whenever I get to the racetrack except drive it, that's absolutely 100% true. Uh Keller and Hoyle and my brother, they take care of putting the gas in it and getting the air hose for Mark, but when it comes to when it comes to making that car go, I come in and tell Mark what it's doing. He don't even tell me what he does. He just changes it and down fix, and fixes it. So uh, when you got a good car with a good driver and a good crew chief guy that knows how to set it up, that's a pretty hard combination to beat.
4: You mentioned in your victory lane interview you were kinda shorthanded. And your brother was laid up. Uh, I think you said he was in an auto accident. How is he doing?
0: He's doing good. He had a concussion. I had some bumps and bruises on his face and stuff. Uh, he's getting he's getting better. He's been I know he's been going to see uh, the doctors and see what. And he hasn't been working. He's just been basically just lounging around the house. But hopefully, we're hoping that he'll be back for this weekend. And then the other guy that helps me out, Keller, he uh, was on. He went on a trip last week, so. Uh, last weekend was the first time that uh, I had to put fuel in my car, I think, in the last. Three seasons, so I had a a different experience at the racetrack this week. I actually had to do stuff to the car.
4: (laughs) So don't get used to it, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They they better show up. I'm too wore out. I'm too wore out from driving. I can't be putting gas in.
4: (laughs) Now you you mentioned getting out of the dirt super late model to come to run a Jennerstown, and a lot of guys that have changed. It's because of how beautiful the management team is running the speedway and it's obvious that you don't always agree with them, but what made you change from the super late model on dirt to what you're doing now?
0: Um, when I was running the super late on dirt, I was driving for Kurt Wyant from down to and, uh, we run two, I run two years with them and then it just kind of like dwindled out. And then I actually, I took a year off from racing and, uh, I didn't even go. I didn't even go to the races, honestly. Uh, and then I decided somebody said about going to Bedford one night, and I said, "Yeah, I'll go along." Well, we ended up, at, of course, I ended up in the pits, and you know, and then I'm helping people down there. I'm like, "Yep, I'm going to build another car." So that was a that was a Friday night at Bedford. Actually, I I come home I come home that Friday night and uh, went to the bar in Central City there, and one kid was in there that I used to race with back in the day, and. He said something about racing, and I said, do you want me to race? He said, oh, my God, yeah, I want you to race. I said, all right. I said, well, I'll have a car for next weekend. Are you going along? He said, yeah, right. You ain't going to have no car by next weekend. I said, oh, yes, I will. I said, "You want to? are you going to go along if I have a car? He said, if you have a car, I'll go along with you. And uh, Sunday, that was Friday night. Sunday, I sent him a picture. I actually bought my old four-cylinder back that I ran, the last four-cylinder I ran. I bought it back. And uh, I said, I, get, I hope you're ready to go to Dog Hollow on Friday because Bedford was off. And he goes, you've got to be kidding me. How did you do that? And I said, hey, if I tell you I'm going to do something, i do it, buddy.
4: But you were still on dirt, Dog Hollow. St- on- okay, now the, the decision to go from the dirt to the asphalt.
0: So I took that car to, to Dog Hollow that Friday night and destroyed it. Oh. <laughs> so... Uh, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, I had another shell here that was just a, just a shell. Actually, it still had inspection and everything on it. You could have you could have put plates on it and drove it on the road. So Sunday afternoon, I come back here. I gutted that. I gutted that car, cut the cage out of my race car, put it put it in that car, took motor and tranny out. I had the car ready to race by Sunday night by myself. So then I went over. I went over here. Here we are back to back to Uncle Barry again. I go over to Barry's that week. And they're on me. Why don't you come race pavement? What are you scared? What are you scared? And they're on me, on me, on me about racing pavement. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. I said I'd like to try it. And uh, so I said, well, I got a welded tranny in there. I can't run a welded tranny on the on the pavement for for the posi. I said it'll probably it'll probably explode it. So I didn't even tell my uncle Barry or none of them. I came back home Friday night. I'm in the garage tearing a tranny out of my car to take spider gears out of the transmission to put it in to make it a non pausey So Saturday morning, I get up and I take the car out the driveway (laughs) just to make sure everything's going to work and stuff, because I'm going to Jennerstown to race. Well, I made it halfway out the driveway and the transmission grenaded. (laughs) So I show show up over at Jennerstown, well, actually over at my Uncle Barry's house, and uh, I said, they said, where's your race car at? I said, I was bringing it. I said, but they, uh, Thank you. They um, the tranny went out of it, and uh, they said, "No, you're lying. There ain't no way." Uh, I said, "No." I said, "I said, I swear to God." I said, "I just put the tranny in." I said, "I ran it out the driveway, and the transmission exploded." And my buddy, a friend of mine, was with me. He goes, "No, he he really did." He, he, they're like, "He's like, the fluids running out all over his dad's driveway." He said he was frustrated, and we jumped in the truck and we came over going racing. So then I put another tranny in it and got it ready for the next Saturday and I showed up over there it looked like I had a four wheel drive four cylinder compared to them guys you know cause on the dirt you want them high so they don't bottom out cause the track's rough <laughs> well on the pavement you want them as low as you can well it was uh it was, it was quite the thing to witness and then uh I ran that week and I loved it so we came back and I didn't have a lot of money so heated the coal springs up with the torch and had my brother sit on the court, sit on the corner, and yeah, that looks like it's low enough. Went around to all four corners, and then ended up running the rest of the season over there. And then, then uh, it just progressed from there. Built a new car for the following year, and just been moving up ever since.
4: And the rest is history. Hey, we're uh, way over our time on this, but let's take a minute to thank your crew and your sponsors.
13: Yeah,
0: I. I... I prepared for this moment for the first time in my life. Everybody probably laughs at me whenever I'm in victory lane, and I go, um, 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 um. Because I, I, can't remember, I can't remember everybody who's on the car without walking around and looking at it. But first and foremost, I want to thank Mark Musto, Hoyle and Keller and my brother for coming in the pits and busting their butt on that car every week and uh, Musto coming over to the garage during the week and helping get it ready uh memorial highway chevrolet of somerset tristar motors of somerset my dad Toes auto my grandfather baron trucking sandys knuckleheads fat boys the Lodge at indian lake somerset vfw kings and queens keystone wheel polish shane Schaefer incorporated south side transfer please act karate school jr's tackle box the paint shop wild west wash house elite kitchen and bath blackburn marine distributing Double T Rentals, Team Force, Zambos Tree Service, Bailey's Auto, Roof Garden Market, Painter's Kettle Corn, Indian Lake Realty, Bodies in Motion, Jeff Carrion Associates, Cornerstone Raceway, Snyder's Corner Store, Showtime Entertainment, Home Team Graphics, Advanced Auto Parts of Somerset, Harkle Road McGee Appliances, Grind Service Center, Rocket Rick Toons, and Wheel and Lighting. Now, how am I supposed to remember all that in Victory Lane under the Emotions?
4: there's no way. And uh, having a little note card, uh, but you know sometimes you say, if I missed anybody I'll get them next time, which is generally the following week. Now to get that many sponsors, do you have a PR department at Toes Auto? How do you get all those people involved?
0: Um, lots of them, lots of those people on there have been friends for years. <laughs> That's another thing Don, when I was running dirt, I didn't have many sponsors. Uh, I had a couple family members with Float me a couple bucks or whatever, but when I switched over to the pavement and started winning races over there, I don't know what it is about Jennerstown or what it is about being on the pavement, but people come to me and want to give me money. Like I don't even have to go ask. Uh, so it, that's just awesome. And, and you know, without without people backing you like that, I w- I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd still be in the four cylinder. But all those wonderful people give their hard-earned money to me to watch me make laps around that racetrack, and I appreciate every one of them.
4: Well, Casey Flegel, that's a nice problem to have, and I want to thank you again for being with us for Rapid on Racing and have continued success.
5: Thank you, Don. Have a good day. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Zarin Truck and & Automotive.
11: And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris.
6: headlines and stories galore last saturday night at pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway as a steel city outlaw adds to his illustrious career and two drivers pick up first career feature wins starting in rorick automotive rush late model competition it was only a matter of time before tim schaefer would pick up his first career rush late model feature win it was a privilege and an honor to have this conversation with tim in victory lane He's done the wing dance many times, but tonight, maybe he'll do a roof dance for us here at Pittsburgh. No, he's going to go ahead and climb down. Driver out of Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, the Seal City Outlaw, Tim Schaefer, gets it done here tonight at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Welcome back. Uh, Long time no see. You get it done. How about that?
14: Wow, that's awesome. Uh, It's hard to explain how much that means to me. A lot of people think that's just a late model crate race, but uh, you got a lot of great guys running here. And and for me to, to win one, it's just... Feels so great, and uh, we worked very hard to do it. Uh, yeah, Bordery and Jim and Hope and everybody that's helped out on this thing. I mean, I got a couple new guys come on board, and you know, when you start running good, it seems like you get some good help. You, uh, you've you done this so many
6: times, you've been in victory lane so many times, and to see you with a smile on your face like that and electing to take the victory lap with all that you've done in your career and you saying how much
14: it really means something. It's amazing. Uh, you know, it's just it's my car and we've worked on it and figured it out and, it, and this ain't something easy i'll tell you this is a hard deal to figure out and uh, there's so much to a late model you know there's a lot to a sprint car too but you know I, it's all i've done all my life and this is like a new challenge and it's fun again and uh this is awesome thanks
6: it's good to hear a legend like yourself saying that this is all fun again people that you would like to thank you already thanked a couple but people you would like to thank for making this happen
14: yeah we, lounge you know they helped out us a bunch uh uh, the guys that did the decal work—I mean, the Slippery Rock—they uh, did a great job. It's first time I ever had a car wrapped. It, it looks pretty, pretty awesome. If I keep, getting it all scarred up, but uh, um, you know, it's just uh, Chambers Embroidery. And, you know, in Lounge—they they really helped out a lot. And uh, you know, this, uh, this is this is very expensive. Uh, this playing around—it's still very expensive, and it's hard to uh, generate money to to keep going. But uh, you know, it's just something I love, and uh, I love doing it. I love working on it, and uh, it's a new challenge. And uh, uh, just hope there's more to come you know this is a pretty neat deal and, and for me i'm telling you it's a hard deal to come out here and win it's not easy
6: ladies and gentlemen let's hear one more time for tonight's feature winner of the Rourke automotive rush dirt late models the steel city outlaw tim schaefer tim schaefer joins a stout list of drivers as he becomes the eighth different winner in nine feature rush late model events this season Second belonged to Pittsburgh's Mike Reft, and Dan Lepro, who led the first 13 laps of the 20-lap feature event, would have to settle for third in his first race in a new-to-him Rocket XR1 chassis. Rounding out the top five were West Virginia natives Cole Petrell and Philip Bubeck. Honorable mention goes to Brandon Burgoon, who got back behind the wheel of the Ken Chernick-owned 5X car on Saturday night. It had been six years since the two-time Super Late Model Track Champion competed in a race, and he was credited with 11th. Heat Race winners included Dan Lepro and Ben Scott, who made the trek all the way from Del Mar, Delaware, to compete with us on Saturday night. The Cheplik Packing Hobby Socks were the main attraction on Saturday, as it was round three of the Cheplik Packing Mini Series, a $500 to win feature event. Cody Cattellis had dominated the first two rounds and proceeded to dominate the third round until the car lost power after starting first and leading the first five laps. Frank McGill claimed the lead and led the remaining 15 laps, avoiding cautions and overcoming restarts along the way. We caught up with an excited Frank McGill in victory lane. Ladies and gentlemen, he beats me to it, climbing out of his car. Tonight's feature winner of round number three for the Chaplik Packing Hobby Stock Mini Series. driver out of Pleasant Hills, Pennsylvania, that is Frank McGill. Running a little bit hot there. I can smell it. I can see it. And uh, tell you what, it doesn't matter how it runs. It just matters that you get the job done. You get the job done here tonight. Round number three, $500, courtesy of Chaplik Packing, on the line. And... Um, wasn't a favorable situation for you, not the most ideal starting spot, but it didn't matter to you?
15: No, well, we were running hot with within the last five laps, but I just sent it, and we were just going out there, coming out here trying to win and uh, pick up the second win of this year and see what we can go off of from there.
6: You are the 2021 Defending Track Champion. You now find yourself second in points here uh, to your brother, Tony. But I think after tonight, you may have just uh, overtook him for the lead.
15: Yeah, it's kind of competitive, me and my brother being one and two in points. We're just out here battling it out and seeing who who can come out on top.
6: How cool is that, though? It's not just you and your family in the pits, but whenever you get to bring the family out on the racetrack and race against them, how cool is that?
15: Uh, it's really cool. It's actually – it makes competitive when you're racing against your little brother and you can't, I don't want to lose to my little brother and it's just fun, all fun.
6: You talk about competition, it's stiff in this division. You guys are really putting on a show. Top six, seven in points or within distance of always taking over the lead and um, you know, what's it like driving in a, in, a, in a competition like that?
15: Well, the competition this year is actually really It makes the class more fun out here when you have cars that are battling back and forth for the lead instead of just one person out there winning every race. You're
6: switching gears now next week. Lernerville Speedway, the hobby stock hustle. You're going to take this car as well as your pro stock. Um, I hate to say, you might have a little bit of an advantage over a lot of these drivers out there. You
15: turned a few laps at Lernerville this year. Yeah, Lernerville's a a beautiful track. I really love that track. It's one of my favorites, and uh, I can't wait to take the hobby stock. One more big race
6: coming up. Actually, a couple more big races here. But the one that comes to mind, September 10th, the John Memorial, $1,111 on the line. Uh, what do you think for that?
15: Uh, we're just going to work on our setup and what we have today and see where we can take it. Ladies and gentlemen,
6: let's hear it one more time for tonight's feature winner and the Chaplick Packing Hobby Sox Round number three winner of the 05 out of Pleasant Hills, Pennsylvania, it's Frank McGill. Wiley veteran and 2019 Pro Stock track champion Danny Rich didn't make it a comfortable win for McGill as he stayed within reach throughout the 20-lap feature event. Logan Catellas finished third. Tyler Fox overcame a few spins and cautions to drive back to a fourth-place finish, and points leader Tony McGill rounded out the top five. Frank McGill claimed heat race number one, and Matt Bernard was the second heat race winner. The PPMS Penn Ohio Pro Stock saw an exciting 15-lap feature event with A.J. Poljack parking his Pro 1 chassis on the front stretch. That feature win was A.J.'s second of the season and 14th of his career. Though A.J. said in Victory Lane he may have wanted a few more wins on his resume, he's proud to have put many other drivers in Victory Lane courtesy of the engines that Poljack has supplied many of the drivers in our region. His first feature win came all the way back in 2002. So two decades of winning isn't so bad after all for the Baldwin native. Brian Hutchko was back behind the wheel of his 68 this week and took second. Nick Echuba completed the podium with Mike Harris and Jackson Billick rounding out the top five. Brian Hutchko took home the sole heat race win. The Crawford Auto Repair Open Four Cylinder Feature Event produced a first career feature win with Collier's West Virginia's Travis Corbin getting to take the victory lap around the Monster Half Mile. Travis has been competing for close to five seasons now, which surely makes this win so much sweeter. Travis had his hands full with Derek Quigley, who challenged for the lead for the entire feature. Quigley, who returned after missing several weeks due to his car being wrecked, would have to settle for second. Andy Garlinger returned behind the wheel, uh, this time behind the wheel of the Susie Rudolph's number 55 Chevy Cavalier. The two-time track champion and all-time winningest four-cylinder feature winner finished third with the points leader Craig Rudolph finishing fourth. Travis Corbin was also the heat race winner. Last but certainly not least was the always safe flagging and traffic control Young Guns as it also produced another first career feature win. 13-year-old Zoe Knight topped a field of cars made up of all but one female competitor. A very excited young woman described what it's like to be a winner.
16: Yeah, I'm really excited that this happened. I've been really working forward to this, and I'm just happy that I got my first win.
6: And when asked if she's going back to school to brag about her success...
16: Yeah, I am.
6: Second went to points leader Emmy Laboon, who battled Zoe clean and close, even after Knight made the pass for the lead midway through the race. Tyler Hollister finished third, Samara Weaver fourth, and Abby Gindelsberger was credited with fifth. The schedule just does not let up, and the excitement is through the roof for what's to come at Dirt's Monster Half Mile this season. However, next week, Saturday, July 16th, it will be an action event featuring $1,000 to win for the Rush Late Models as they go topless for a 25-lap feature event. The Cheplik Packing Hobby socks will compete in a 20-lap feature event with $300 on the line, fresh off of their $250 to win Hobby sock Hustle at Lernerville Speedway, scheduled to take place Friday, July 15th. The open four cylinders will run for an inflated purse and double features for the young guns. The Penn Ohio Pro Stocks will be off so that they can compete at the Steel Valley Pro Stock Nationals at Sharon. Next Saturday also features free military and first responder night. All active and retired military personnel, as well as all current first responders, will be admitted for free with proper identification. This is just a small token of our appreciation for the men and women who keep our country and our community safe. For all scheduling and ticketing information and our point standings, please visit ppms.com, and you can view all of our Victory Lane videos plus more on our Facebook page by searching Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Reporting for Rapid on Racing, I'm Tyler Harris.
5: This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive.
11: At alternative power sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one size fits all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust. ...but with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities... At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1-800-894-4455. That's 1-800-894-4455. I
4: want to tell you a little bit about the On Point Beer Distributor. You know, they're kind of excited. They're providing Butler and the surrounding areas with some great service and even better beer. Why don't you stop by and check out their selection? They can't wait to meet you. They're only nine miles from Lernerville Speedway, a great place to pick up beer on the way to the track. The customers say it's wonderful and friendly service. They highly recommend the place. On Point Beer is located at 154 Freeport Road, only minutes from Lernerville Speedway if you like the good service and the good beer stop in and say hello if you want to call ahead their number 724-285-6298 it's owned and operated by a veteran a former marine stop in and see what they have <laughs> Listeners, joining us now is one of the future stars of Dirt Late Model Racing, Levi Yetter. Levi, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, Good. How are you? Good. I'm going to refer to some nice notes that uh, Jaron Steele had in Trib Live uh, about a week ago. He's an excellent rider. I always enjoyed uh, seeing him when he'd come to the track. Now, he mentions that you still have a learner's permit, so you don't even have a driver's license yet, and you're in your second year of competition with some of the toughest drivers in the area. How do you feel about that?
17: Uh, it's, it's pretty different. I mean, it's like doing this at a young age is kind of like a, like a dream, and it just kind of happened so quickly that it surprised me, but I'm definitely having
4: fun at it. Well, that's quite a commitment from your mother and dad to, to make the sacrifices they're making so you can do this. Now your uncle is a Kenny Sheltonbrand, is a two-time uh, champion at Lernerville. and I'm guessing I'll ask you, how'd you pick your number?
17: Um, so that was my uh, grandfather's number and uh, I just felt like I shouldn't carry on that number for him
4: way back when before his accident, uh, I raced with him at Schmuckers and Lernerville. He was quite a nice guy. it kind of runs in the family. There's an awful lot of nice people in the Shelton brand family. Um, when you uh, when Lucas came in, uh, wow, some of the best in the country were there. some of your thoughts on how you were going to deal with that? Um,
17: so going into the weekend. I kind of just wanted to be uh, real calm and uh, kind of take in the moment because, I mean, last year when we came in, I was getting pretty like anxious and nervous because it's first time racing with all of them. But this this year, I wanted to enjoy it and really take the take it in of what I'm actually like, who I'm racing with and stuff.
4: Now, prior to the late model, did you do go karts?
17: Yep. What?
4: What was the adjustment like from a go-kart to all the power uh, in a late model? That, that had to take some time.
17: Yeah, I mean, it's completely different. But, like, it, it just, like, I don't know, it kind of clicked with me, but it's completely different. I mean, just the horsepower is, like, we ran, like, 15 horsepower in go-karts. Like, it's just a crazy amount
4: when i think of the uh, go-kart drivers that have moved up and become very successful two r- very recognizable ones would be dave and dale blaney i mean it seems like go-kart drivers have a more a smoother eye-hand co- coordination thing and and they're usually successful in most of the Venues that they run in, but a majority of them go right into sprint cars. What made you? Do, well, I, I I'm as, answering my own question. What made you go into late models? Well, your your uncle, very successful, two time champion. Had you ever thought about any other type of venue other than the late models? I mean, I
17: always thought sprint cars were really cool. I used to always like watching them too. And uh, but I mean, even for myself, I thought it was way too dangerous. I knew my parents would never let me getting that sprint car either. but i always pretty much have my heart set on a late model and that's pretty much all i wanted to do since i was a little kid
4: one of the nicest things lernerville is your home track and it's really close to your house how far is it from your house to lernerville
17: it's probably like five six miles yeah,
4: So that's, that's a pretty nice situation. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit. Mom and Dad are real involved in your team. Uh, your crew chief, Matt Hughes, a little bit about him.
17: Yeah, he's always in the shop with us, and he started helping us after I think my uncle won his either first or second championship, and he came and helped us and uh, kind of got his going since the start. And he's pretty much put it all the time. An hour is the same as me and my dad, and, and with him working on my uncle's car, too. and it, It's a lot of work for him, so I really appreciate all his help and stuff.
4: So you basically stole Matt from your uncle?
17: Uh, it's kind of... It's like we're kind of sharing, almost.
4: Now, are both cars in the same garage?
17: Uh, yes, they are now.
4: What do you mean, now? Where were they before?
17: So, he, my uncle had his own place and had my own place up at my dad's uh business but this winter we um we bought a new race shop and now we are both in the same like shop now
4: very good very good um you know it takes a lot of people to put something like this together uh you, you want to mention some of your sponsors
17: uh yes uh crs contracting rosebrook um Throw Concrete, Mr. Water Heater, VP Race Fuels, and uh, Nature's Depot.
4: Very good. And those are the people that help pay the bills. Um, how about Mike Norris? Uh, what he, He's part of your scenario here. Uh, what, uh, what's that all about? Mike Norris has been helping you uh, like when you first started. A little bit about uh, that scenario.
17: Um, yeah, so I I first met him in my first campede in my first year. So I met him at the end of that year and we kinda of talked during that like off season. But um, the start of that next year he helped me out like tremendously with just how to draw, like how to like drive in the slick and like just giving me a lot a lot of pointers that I didn't know since I was like a new upcoming driver.
4: Well, he had the same scenario when he started. He started when he was 16 years old, and he told me they didn't know anything, and look where he's at. So if he's giving you some advice, that'd be good advice to listen to. Um, if you, f- Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Levi Yetter, 16-year-old driver uh, in his second-year competition in the late models. Um, what does it feel like, whether it's qualifying or heat race or something like that, when you're racing against uh, Brandon Shepard or Tim McCready or Tyler Herb or uh, Ricky Thornton, I mean, when these guys come in, they race all over the country and they race four or five nights a week and you're running against them. Does that cause you any concern?
2: Uh,
17: sometimes it stresses me out, especially like right before qualifying, when you're like lying up right behind them or they're right behind you and stuff. And it's like you try not to mess up or anything because you, you know you need like the best time possible because you're racing with the top guys and it's kind of like just stressful because they're like right behind you so you really can't mess up.
4: Well, one of the things I've seen over the years when a new guy comes and they're racing with him, they'll check you out to see if they'll be comfortable racing beside you, in front of you, behind you and once you establish that respect, it's a whole new ball game and you're good to go.
17: Yeah, I mean, I think respect's all about the thing in racing, because the last couple of years I've been trying to race with the most respect I can with all the drivers and stuff, and I feel like I do a pretty good job at that, and I just like knowing that they know I have my respect, and I think they have respect for me too, so I'd I li- just want it to
4: be would I'd, I'd like to talk about your trip to Muskingum Speedway.
17: Yeah, that, that was a trip, so we just, um, so we started switching up our shock packages with this guy, Michael Barnes, and, uh, he came on board, and he came down the night before and helped us out, set up the car and stuff, and he drove down to Muskingdom, and he was, he's, he was originally from there, so he said he would try to help us out there at the race, then, um. So Friday night, or I guess it would be Saturday night, we went out and uh, qualified not very good, but then the feature, we sh- were up to sixth. Then on a restart, I uh, let the tires cool down and went back to eighth. So we were kind of close to transferring into the Lucas show.
4: Well, it's interesting to note that Muskingum is owned by Donnie Moran's family, and I guess Barry Wright was there, uh, and that's the type of chassis you're running?
17: Yeah, and that was the, one of the main reasons why we went there, because we were told that he was going to be there and that he would like to, we'd like to park right beside him and see if we can get a few pointers and stuff.
4: You couldn't pick a better guy. It's his chassis. He could give you all the tips you need. Did he make any recommendations that you weren't aware of when you were there?
17: Yeah, he made a few. And also, Mason Ziegler was driving the Barry Wright house car down there. And he also gave me a few pointers down there, too.
4: So you got some good people helping you out here. Well, we're coming up on a commercial break. Is there anyone you'd like to thank?
17: Uh, I would like to thank my mom and dad and also... Um, Matt Hughes, my crew chief, and then uh, my girlfriend, Bella.
4: Levi, I want to wish you continued success uh, in your efforts, whether it's at Lernerville or one of these tracks where you travel around. And uh, I see a feature win coming this season. How do you feel about that?
17: Uh, I sure hope so. I
4: can't wait. Well, thanks again for being with us. You have a nice afternoon.
5: This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway.
11: Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, 443 or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com
6: Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway returns for its 43rd racing season in 2022 with a jam-packed weekly racing schedule. It all kicks off on Saturday, April 23rd, featuring our five weekly racing divisions, the Rush Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Open Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Throughout the season, PPMS will host several can't-miss special events, including the 34th annual Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Pittsburgher 100, as well as three Rush Late Model Touring Series events, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Joke Jordan, steel city classic and the two night bill Hendren memorial other special events include the falcone automotive 410 outlaw sprint series the boss wingless sprint car series the penn ohio pro stock series ed laboo memorial the red miley rumble the thunder on the dirt vintage modifieds the hobby stock invitational and more for our full schedule and all track information check out ppms.com and be sure to stay up to date by following us on facebook by searching pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway and on twitter at pa motor speedway
8: business owners if your
6: ad was here our listeners could find out about your
8: company speedway productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget rapping on racing airs live mondays 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at itunes tunein radio stitcher rappingonracing.com or hulu television you can also listen on your computer iphone or ipad Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email rappinonracing at gmail.com. And now, more rapid on Racing with
11: Don Gamble and
6: Tyler Harris. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here in the pits with a Rush late model driver, Ben Scott, out of Delaware. Made the trip all the way up here to Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway this weekend, uh, July 9th. Uh, ben, welcome on to the pits here. We're, we appreciate to have you back. Every year you come up here at least once or twice, and uh, and it's always good to see you, and we appreciate you making that trip. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I really love coming up to this place. So what, uh, I guess the big question is, is you know, obviously you make making the trip up here. For a normal night, it's really cool to see you, but uh, we've got a couple
18: big Rush late model races coming up throughout the remainder of this season. Are you maybe preparing for some of those races coming up? Uh, yeah, we're kind of going to try and use tonight as a practice night for the Pittsburgher, and uh, if we can make it on our schedule, that's kind of one I've been trying to come to for the last few years that just hasn't worked out. Yeah, we got the uh, George Steel City Classic coming up on August the 6th, I believe. So just less than a
6: month away. But uh, with you being in Delaware, we were kind of talking a little bit prior to this interview starting. Uh, It's just a little bit different because you you got a lot of tracks down there that you want to hit. You want to hit Potomac and and, uh, Del Mar and you want to hit Georgetown whenever they run. Uh, But it seems like an interesting situation down there. So explain to the listeners what racing is like down in Delaware. Uh, it, It seems like a little bit different from what I'm understanding than what we see normally racing up here
18: um yeah over at delmar new guys taking over and it's kind of cut the racing way back we're racing five or six times this year and they're prepping the track a lot different it's a lot harder on tires and stuff like that and then brett dayer runs georgetown which he does a really awesome job he just runs so many places with the short track super series they're kind of on a really limited schedule to five or six times a year so it kind of takes racing out of our hands in delaware so we just got to travel every single weekend and uh and even when they do race, Delmar's gotten so hard on, uh, tires this coming weekend, you know, we've all talked about, we're taking a three hour trek to go to Potomac, uh, because at Del Mar, we're just burning three tires off if, you know, every single night. And that's just kind of gotten hard on the budget. I believe last year when we talked you, hadn't yet gotten a feature win in
6: these, uh, rush late models yet, but I think that's changed, uh, since the last time we spoke. So, uh, tell us where it happened and how it happened.
18: Uh, Delaware international speedway, uh, the first race of the year there, we, uh, we had a really good night. Just everything seemed to go our way. We drew the number one to start the night and uh, won our heat race, and then we got the invert to start on the pole. And uh, We had a really good race car, and the track was kind of one lane, so I just hit my mark, stayed on the bottom, and we picked us up a pretty big win. And you're currently second in points at a track, too. You're having a fairly successful season. Sounds like
6: you're staying real consistent. So uh, talk to the fans about uh, where you're at in the point standings and everything like that.
18: Uh, yeah, right now we're running second at Potomac Speedway. I think we're six or eight points behind Kyle Hardy. So that's really tough. And we're in the top five at Delaware International Speedway. We should be leading the points here. We just kind of had a, a rough night there the last race they had. So that just put us a little bit behind the eight ball. But we've got some more racing. So our goal for this year was really to just pick up a points championship, and uh, my dad and all the crew, you know, we've got a deal. If we can pick up a points championship, it's looking like we may follow the whole Rush Tour next year. Well, that'd be really cool to see. Uh, Vicky Emig, uh, Mike Leone, always put on
6: a really nice program for the Rush Program, so if you're following the weekly points tour, uh, it'd be really cool. Uh, Logan Robertson comes to mind as a, as a driver from around your area that uh, follows the Rush Tour this year and uh, has been proven to be pretty successful, so it'd be great to see you definitely on a full-time basis, or at least more frequently than uh, once or twice a year uh it's always cool when you come up here you're in cahoots with uh a, a pretty recognizable names down there um talk to us about uh how you kind of got into racing and how your family kind of got into it
18: uh well back ever since i was a really young kid my dad owned a uh, super late models for Dave Petty John and uh, so I was always around the Petty John bunch, and if you're from De- Delaware, they're a pretty prolific group in that area, and uh, the history they have in dirt track racing in Delaware, it's pretty amazing to just be around and be raised by, you know, that group of people, because they are, re- you know, a really, really good group of people, and then once I got started, uh, Ross Robinson, he came on helping me almost <laughs> right away, and he's been the biggest help, I mean, he's taught me everything from smashing shocks to setting the front end on the race car, so... Ross has been a godsend, to say the least, for all he's done for me. So definitely not recognizable names there. And uh, another couple that come to
6: mind as well are the Scott family from around this area, but no relation to uh, Dave Scott,
18: Wyatt Scott, and stuff like that, right? No, no relation. I, you know, I see this stuff and all the s- success they have, but no relation. So what makes you want to come up here to our area? I, th- I don't think this is the only
6: track that you've been to in the Western PA region. You've, you've traveled to a couple, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct?
18: Yeah, we've been... Uh, let's see we've been to eries before we've been to raceway seven we've been to port Royal and run with the limiteds um there's a few other uh dog hollow we love dog hollow that's a really fun track and uh that might be most of them but uh i don't know just some this pennsylvania racing is different man it's uh you come up here and it's uh it's kind of similar to our home track georgetown it's just a little bit bigger and a lot faster and uh i don't know we seem to do pretty good on them really fast racetracks where you don't have to get out of the throttle too much so this place is kind of kind of fits in for me i was gonna say uh, to compare racing down to delaware
6: to racing up here in pennsylvania is there a significant difference or is it kind of you know every track has its differences and you know, like uh, like when you talk about racing down in florida completely different i mean you got a sandy uh, you got a sandy surface uh the tide affects the way the track is and stuff like that so obviously racing down there to racing up here is different but is it any different in delaware and and, and where you're around to to racing up here
18: uh i mean to an extent yeah i mean it seems back home we have much more of abrasive surface at the two tracks right it's a lot sandier and uh and stuff like that but the biggest thing i think out here is the fans just the fans are i don't mean to sound bad about the guys back home but the fans are so much better out here you know back home it seems like you're lucky if you get two or three hundred people in the bleachers and you come out here and it's like the bleachers are packed you go to dog hollow and the bleachers are packed and like i don't know you get out that race car and you can actually hear the fans it kind of I don't know, I don't mean to sound corny or anything, but it does. It makes a difference in your energy and everything going into the night, and then back home it's just kind of like crickets.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined now by a man I believe out of Delmar, Delaware. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Delmar, Delaware. His name is Ben Scott, uh, driver of the number 80 Rush Late model. Uh, Talking about the fans that are here uh, in the Western PA region, and I I would have to agree with you, and and not to be partial by any means, but our fans here at Pittsburgh have been really alive this year. Uh, Great, impressive turnout and stuff like that, and I think the drivers certainly appreciate it. So I can kind of, kind of uh, figure out what you mean by that, and and understand what you mean by that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to cut to a quick commercial break here. When we return we're going to have the second half of this interview with the driver out of Del Mar, Delaware, Ben Scott, the driver of the 80 Rushder late model.
5: This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania motor speedway
6: at
11: alternative power sources. They have always understood that your generator needs are never one size fits all. They are still the local generator company. You have come to know and trust. ...but with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities... At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1-800-894-4455. That's 1-800-894-4455.
8: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers' competed late models, modifieds, pro-stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA-sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro Races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex.
11: And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris.
6: welcome back to wrapping on racing ladies and gentlemen and now we will have the second half of that interview with the driver out of delmar delaware ben scott talk to me about like what your future is like what would you like to do as far as racing obviously it looks like you're having a lot of fun racing these rush late models um but is there something more that you'd want to be doing here in the next few years you're a pretty young driver so the future's bright and the future certainly is ahead of you
18: yeah i mean uh the thought of driving a super late model is always there i know uh me and my dad have had the conversation. He wants no parts of that motor bill right now, and, hey, I don't blame him. But, uh, you know, maybe one day if we can get keep going really good, we can get, a you know, some extra support and maybe get us a limited or a super late model motor. That's, that's definitely the dream. Super late model. So you never know, but I think the Rush
6: Touring Series is, the, is a nice next step in that direction where you're, you're now on a touring event and stuff like that. What are your goals for the remainder of this season?
18: Um, well, we'd like to get us a points championship, uh, hopefully at Potomac Speedway. That's really tough competition going against Kyle Hardy every week. Um, I'd love to get one there and um, and just pick up a few more feature wins. We can have, you know, four or five more wins this year. And uh, kind of helps the conversation to everybody to go on tour next year. Now, the cool thing is, too, is, as I mentioned, you're a young driver. How old are you? I'm just turned
6: 23 just turned 23 so you got plenty of time you got the experience on your side as well you got a lot of helping hands to help make this all happen and stuff and and we'll touch on that just a little bit what about maybe like your professional life Uh, obviously being a professional full-time race car driver would be excellent but uh, what is it that you do for work now and and what would you maybe like to do if you aren't already doing it
18: Uh, right now I work for my dad Um, I do construction and electric work so uh, I guess you know It's looking like I'm going to take over that, and I'd love to. It's a really good job. Uh, I mean, of course, the dream would be to take one of these cars around the country and drive full-time, but uh, with the expenses of everything, that's looking more and more impossible day by day. So I think uh, definitely stick to the construction and the electric side of things and, uh, and do this in my free time. You brought up touring nationally, and, and that jogged something to my mind of something that I would like to ask you.
6: What appeals to you as far as racing a uh, regional race like that, or running a regional tour like that? What appeals to you versus running uh, a local schedule?
18: Um, honestly, the experience of it, and just the um, how much you learn. I, the biggest thing the last few years with me that I felt like we've learned when we branched out was you know we'd got had the Delmar and Georgetown thing. We were doing okay, but you just I felt you never really learned how to work on the car until we started branching out and going to places that just the track was a lot different like winchester speedway it gets really really slick um we went there a lot and i learned a lot just working on the car and the changes to make so i think you know there will definitely be the nights where we have tough nights at speedways we've never been to but i think it'll teach us um the right adjustments and stuff like that when we do travel and if you know if one day we get to do more and go down south more i think it'll just kind of give us a lot more in our notebook and notes to look after you talk about learning more
6: and that opportunity to do so, but you've been at this now for long enough to to learn a lot as well. What are some of the improvements that you think that you've made personally as and as a driver to get you to the point where you are now?
18: I think just racing and seat time and um, and really just spending the time and trying to learn these shocks and the spring packages and you know there's a lot to it. I, there's still way more that I don't know than I do know, but uh, it's just phone calls and the amount of time we. Spend You know, me and my dad spend through the week on the phone is the big thing. It's uh, it's just information, I guess, and who you talk to and who you don't talk to. And uh, I don't know, I've just learned you can't be scared to talk to anybody. The worst they're going to tell you is they're not going to tell you anything, so...
6: And then you got to take into consideration too the, uh, how much they're willing to tell you that might lead you in the right direction, but you can only lead a horse to water. You can't force them to drink for one. And then two, um, can't give out all the secrets. So, um, and that, that not every driver is the same, you know, not every driver's going to w- w- use the same setup because their driving styles are different. And with that being said, what kind of driving style do you think that
18: you have? Um, I'm probably on the hammer down side. Uh, you know, when tracks really fast, we're pretty good when the track goes away and slows down that's when we seem to struggle so I think I've uh, got a we're definitely on the hammer down side and we like a really fast racetrack so and we're going to go ahead and wrap this up because we're coming up on a another commercial break here but
6: uh, some closing thoughts some things that you want to cover um, most importantly I guess we would like to talk about crew and sponsors we said we touch on that a little bit later but I, th- I think the time's come now so people that you would like to thank for making this all happen for you
18: uh first and foremost i have to thank my parents john scott and nicole scott with jw scott quality builders and wrinkles and wags without them i mean they phoned this whole deal would be impossible i couldn't do any of it i'd struggle to afford a daggone go-kart to loan this mess so um i gotta thank uh my crew chief jt his uncle greg all the time they spend jt's parents mr john miss tina with jt mobile rv services for all the time and money they spend on this deal with me and um and just everything i mean my god they took you know a full week or a full day off of work to drive up to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with me from Delaware so so I didn't have to ride by myself so I can't thank them enough and uh just all they do for me week in and week out they're incredible people. Now you say make
6: the trip up here to Pittsburgh. It makes me jargon just a little bit, you know. What's the Pittsburgh thing that you've gotten done while you've made a couple trips up here?
18: Uh really not much. Pittsburgh stuff. It's kind of my dad, he's all business. We come up here, we race and usually this is either the first stop or the second stop and when we're out of here we're going to another track or going home so he's usually ready to get the heck home and uh and call it a weekend well there's this thing for are you familiar with Permanis? No, I'm not. Oh, okay.
6: Well, Permanis, for since you don't know, is a uh, is basically a Pittsburgh legend sandwich shop, and they got coleslaw, french fries, whatever meat you want on there on nice, thick Italian bread. Highly recommend going to Permanis Brothers and getting yourself a sandwich. It's like a Pittsburgh thing, if you will.
18: Will do. I'll have to try that. And while I've got the microphone here, I do want to uh, take the time to thank Ross and Amanda Robinson for all the help they do for me every single week, because I'd probably drive Ross nuts. He's on the road running a national tour, and I call him 40 times a week asking for shock, shock help. So I've really got to take the time. To thank him for all he does. From Pavani's to Ross Robinson, you can't get any more variable there. But, ladies and gentlemen, this has been an interview with Ben
6: Scott uh, here on Rapid On Race and driver out of Del Mar, Delaware, in the number 80 Rush Late model. So, thank you very
18: much for your time. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you very much.
5: This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Jennerstown Speedway.
8: When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in
4: South Heights. I want to tell you a little bit about the On Point Beer Distributor. You know, they're kind of excited. They're providing Butler and the surrounding areas with some great service and even better beer. Why don't you stop by and check out their selection? They can't wait to meet you. They're only nine miles from Lernerville Speedway, a great place to pick up beer on the way to the track. The customers say it's wonderful and friendly service. They highly recommend the place. On Point Beer is located at 154 Freeport Road, only minutes from Lernerville Speedway. If you like the good service and the good beer, stop in and say hello. If you want to call ahead, their number is 724 285 6298. It's owned and operated by a veteran, a former Marine. Stop in and see what they have. And now more. Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Howie Bayless.
13: Race right now we're going to grab a word with the driver who picked up a career first win recently at the Marion Center Speedway. The driver of the Peluso Roofing, Saxonburg Heritage Wine Cellar, car number 27. This is Jake Dietz. Jake, congratulations. Has to be a big relief to finally get that first win.
19: Yeah, it was. Um, sucks it didn't come at of but I'll, I'll take it as my first win. It was exciting. The crew guys were all excited. Um, I'm glad I was able to get one for them. I mean, much as I wanted one for myself, they put just
13: as much work on this car as I do. Now, this is your second year behind the wheel of this 27, and I know you put a lot of pressure on yourself. You teamed up with Charlie and the Lamberts and replaced basically your brother behind the wheel of this car. And, you know, it just goes to show you, you gotta put your time, you gotta do the work. Tyler had some wins in this car, and you tried to make everything as different as you could just to get out of the fact that you're a deep driving the same car.
19: Yeah, it was, it was, the first last year was a lot of pressure on myself, but um, I kind of got out of that. I'm just going to start running my own race. It is We both have different driving styles I'm trying to learn as myself as a driver, because I, I haven't been racing that long. Tyler's been racing since I was five years old. This is only really realistically my third and a half year racing, so I mean, I'm just trying to do what I can and. Progress as I can with racing with Chris Snyder, my brother, um, and all those guys that are running Penn Ohio.
13: And it says a lot when you go to a track you don't go to all the time and get that win. You know they always say the first one's the hardest, and the next are going to come a lot easier. I
19: hope that's true because we've we've done a lot of work to get that one. Um, that was only my second time ever racing Marion Center, second time ever racing a track other than Loinerville Speedway. So I mean that that. And if you look at it in that aspect, I mean, yeah, I haven't traveled around a lot racing, so getting a win on another track other than Lernerville, my second time ever out of here, yeah, I'm going to jot that up as a big success.
13: And here you are tonight up at Lernerville, and you know the car's good, and we talked about this last year when we did the interview. You jumped into a situation where it was almost a no-win situation for you. You either came out and won a championship and won a ton of races. It was the car because the car did it the past two years. Or if you struggled, it's the driver.
20: Yeah,
13: and, and yet you, you know what? You you took your lumps last year, and one of your biggest supporters, your car owner Charlie, and he, you know, there was a lot of people wanting this ride, but Charlie said, "Listen, I know Jay can do it," and had to be rewarding just to basically shut everybody up.
19: Yeah, it was. Uh, There's a lot of people that say I, I live in my brother's shadow. I mean, I mean, you guys can see it you guys might see it i don't uh i want to be my brothers just as bad as everybody else in the pro stock division we're all chasing him i mean right now he's the guy to beat so we're all going to be chasing him all the time so
13: and if i my memory serves me right i think tyler's first feature win in a stock car in a full feature came at marion center it did and same weekend too fourth of july so now's a chance for you to go ahead jake and thank everybody who helps make your racing possible after putting the tire back on? Um,
19: Matt, Matt, he's the, he's the crew guy. Jay, um, I don't know where the other guys are. Curly, Ryder, Wes, they're all here. But Matt and Jay, I mean, they're down at the garage Monday, Monday through Thursday with me. Sometimes Saturday and Sunday. Um, I mean, I can't do, I can't do it without those guys. So, and uh, Charlie, um, great car owner. I couldn't ask for a better one. My brother helps me when he can. But I mean, we're a young crew. Um, Curly. Um Wes and Ryder, they're all still in high school. So they're, they're still learning. So this is all everybody's learning. We're just taking it as we can.
13: Race fans, be sure to keep your eyes on the Mars Beer Distributing, <laughs> Saxenburg Heritage Wine Cellar, Cybul that. P- Auto, Auto Warehouse, car number 27, the pilot, Jake Dietz. Thanks, Jake. Thank you.
21: Stock boy, he too much to believe. You know, he always got a pack of cigarettes rolled up in his t shirt sleeve. He got a tattoo on his arm, I said, Baby, he got another one that just say, Hey, whatever Sunday afternoon, is a dirt track demon in a fifty seven Chevrolet. Auto so on
13: car number four. for the fifth time in his career, is gonna climb out of this car and celebrate here at Latrobe Speedway. The third-year driver got it done. Brett, welcome back to Victory Lane. Fifth time in your career, second time this week. I'll tell you what, last week, heartbreak, you and Dombowski, I I looked down the front stretch and I saw your right rear corner and the nose was like going to the infield and a heck of a job to save the car that night. But I know that ate at you all this week because your, your brother went to victory lane, and I know you two like to battle. Who got more wins? But you got your second one tonight. Congratulations. Thanks,
22: yeah. We uh, definitely missed one last week. But uh, that's racing. Sometimes you got uh, to get your butt whooped. And uh, we took it last week and came out and got one this week. So it feels good to be back
13: second win of the year and continuing leading points and the progression you made from when you came out here just trying to do some laps and I I remember teasing you I said you know you spun out every time and I said you got the donuts down we got to make a bit, you know a bigger donut around the track and and you made me eat my words because your second year you picked up three wins second full season now third season here you got two wins leading points and tell you what definitely a lot of progress by you and this whole hutera motorsports team
22: yeah we all joked that uh two years ago i was the guy causing all the cautions and uh now i didn't cause no cautions so that's good it's we
13: <laughs> step in the right direction so hey the track tonight it looked like it was real smooth and you guys had bite everywhere and um how about this crowd tonight and, and winning here with the specialty metal pro stocks on charlie field memorial night and uh you know i mean it, it has the right cup is one of the better wins. yeah uh,
22: that's those guys you know i didn't know those guys personally but that's cool to uh i used to go to thunder valley when i was a little kid uh see so guys racing up there so that's cool to uh be kind of be a part of that and um Tennessee's guys did a good job tonight on the track uh really thrilled with how smooth it was i was glad to see him put some water down keep the dust down and uh let us let the uh let the motors eat so thanks to everybody that came out hopefully guys you get to see a good uh Big block modified feature tonight and a good crate race. And um, appreciate everybody that comes out and supports us, everybody that watches on YouTube, um, all that stuff. Um, and I really wanted to take uh, just a quick second. Uh, I lost my grandpap this week, so uh, this one's a little bit extra special. Uh, so this one's for him.
13: I'm sure your pap and uh, Charlie are up in heaven and uh, celebrating. And, and congratulations, Brett. I'm, uh,
5: this portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Jennerstown Speedway. Number One Cochrane has created
23: a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away.
11: Number one, Cochran. See it all at Cochran.com.
15: Georgia Henneberry will chat with our top three, and then I'll give you your official rundown here at the 31st Annual Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup. Georgia, his 27th All-Star Circuit of Champions victory and his 67th career start. Talk about that for a winning percentage, his second Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup. What a way to kick off his All-Star season.
24: He is batting a good average right now, his first All-Star Circuit of Champions start of the year, and he gets it done putting the 57 in victory lane and getting his second Silver Cup victory at that. He is going to get the essentials. Do the infamous wing dance and then meet me around the front of the 57. Blake, what a night we had here at Lernerville. What just a perfect night.
15: Man, an impressive run for Kyle. is talked about in the broadcast, Brett Marks got him a couple of times during Speed Week and, and here in Central or out in Central Pennsylvania. And 25 grand tonight for Kyle Larson, his 27th career All-Star win. Getting ready to go up top with Fulkins Brothers Trucking. He's got his daughter Audrey with him. Laurentville Speedway makes some noise for a young money, Kyle Larson! And daughter Audrey up on top. Not a bad father daughter trip, Georgia.
24: Beautiful moments down here, Blake. And Kyle Larson will make his way off the 57. Kyle, it looked like you could put the 57 anywhere tonight, but clearly the high side was the place to be, and you were first to find it. How did you use the high side to power around marks, get the lead, and keep it there?
16: Uh, I, I wasn't the first. Uh, I got really lucky there with that caution coming out when I was in fourth. Um, I followed Rico to the bottom, and Peck ripped around, you know, two of us, and uh, the caution. somebody hit the cone, so the caution came out, and... Uh, I knew the top was was way better than it wanted to, and was able to get to second, and then had a caution, and was hoping that Brent wasn't going to move up, and he didn't. I was able to get by and uh, just try and run some really hard laps out front. I didn't know, you know, how good he was behind me, if he could run the same line that I could, and just didn't want to get stuck in traffic. So um, my car was was really good there in the feature. I thought uh, Paul got it better throughout the night. Um, so you know, big thanks to Paul and Hayden and Sam. Uh, everybody who's here helping, uh, Kevin back at home, uh, Flow Racing, Fulkins Brothers, Tommy Tarleton, Durst, uh, Glenn Stiers, Finley Farms, um, there's so many people, there's so many people that help out Paul and, on this car, uh, and it's just a pleasure to drive too, so uh, good to get back in victory lane after a couple you know, second place finishes last week, and um, feels good to get Brent off the, off the uh, top step of the podium.
24: You are now a two-time winner of this race, and there's so much prestige and history that comes along with it. What does it mean to you to get it done not once but twice now?
16: Yeah, it's special. I really like Learnerville a lot, and um, definitely different track conditions than than I've I've been on here. Normally, it's I mean, it is gut slick and hot laps, and uh, kind of carries on that way throughout the rest of the night. So tonight was was totally different. It was uh, pretty heavy, and um, you know, I feel like that kind of lends itself to me some. You know, we, we, you can catch traffic quick and kind of keep your pace up so um yeah had a lot of fun heart rate's definitely high but uh great to get another win here and and a big check at that
24: and it seems interesting to say but welcome back to the all-star circuit of champions it's your first start of the year
16: yeah yeah typically i run a lot Uh, a lot of all-star shows um i've been racing so much this year i decided to to skip ohio speed week just to kind of regroup and um felt like i got behind in that week so paul's probably gonna bug me to, to race uh every day we can <laughs> from here on out. So, um, no, again, thanks to Paul and thanks to you fans for coming out. Um, I love racing Pennsylvania. Uh, I know this isn't central PA, but Pennsylvania fans are still still the best. So, um, thank you guys for coming out and look forward to getting back uh, to PA later on this year.
24: Ladies and gentlemen, let him hear it for the second time of his career, Kyle Larson. And we're going to get a word with second and third... When I can find them, Brent Marks, coming home second tonight. Brent, after it's all said and done, you've kept that streak alive of staying on the podium 13 times. Now, you still have to be proud of the 19 team.
6: Yeah, for sure. We uh, we had a really good car. It's just, you know, I didn't know the top was there and, until Kyle got by us. So. Um, once we hit lap traffic, I was going to move to the top, but every time I got to it, the yellow came out. So, um, you know, I was looking at it under the yellow, and it just still looked kind of dirty up there. Like, it didn't really look like anybody was running it. So, just kind of stuck to my game plan and um, didn't work out. But, you know, we, we can't hang our heads about second. You know, this car's been really fast, and um, really proud of this whole Murray Marks team. Ladies
24: and gentlemen, Brent Marks coming home second tonight. And Justin Peck rounding out your top three, a late charge to the top three at that. Justin, how did you make that final move to put you in a podium position?
20: Um, you know, just everyone kind of moved up to the top there, and I, you know, that's really, I, I felt like I found I kind of found it and showed Kyle what to do there. Uh, you know, just untimely yellows, man, just got put back and, uh, you know, just kind of kept trucking away. I mean, once everyone got off the bottom there and got to the top, I kind of went back down there, and that's really kind of how I started making a couple of those moves there, so... Uh, you know, Sean and Kurt. Uh, you know, bust our butt all day. Gave me a good race car. Uh, speed Toys, Coastal Race Parts, uh, the Tree Center. You know, they uh, they keep backing us. They have backed us for the last couple of speed weeks, and uh, this you know this kind of a mini speed week here, racing midweek. So, uh, you know, all in all, it was a good night. Put it on a podium, and uh, looking forward to racing Friday.
24: And we're going back to that big picture aspect of it. It's still a very long season, so these consistent top threes are right in your pocket.
20: Yeah, it's, uh, it's always nice when you can run on a podium. You know, I, I'm a getting a little frustrated, and I probably shouldn't be, but uh, I just feel like we've had a car to win some races here during PA Speed Week, and then tonight um, I just wasn't able to get the job done. So I just uh, kind of got to go back to the drawing board and uh, figure out what it's going to take to uh, go from third to first.
24: Back to the drawing board he goes. That is Justin Peck. He rounds out your top three. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for your top three tonight. And Kyle Larson getting it done. Blake, back to you.
8: With that nonstop event, I think that really
25: helped you out there to stay out front, right? Yeah, I'm sure like I said, starting spots are key
8: and with the group of guys we race with, uh, you gotta take it you gotta take it when you can get it. Gail, you've been racing a long, long time. What does it mean to win at a speedway like Lernerville? It
25: means a lot for me to win here. Uh, this was my favorite track to come to uh, when I ran a four ten and just uh, we were close a couple of times but just, just to never get it done and then uh, I won a few here with Culver. Dan Culver, and then now I'm now I'm here with Rich, and it's just I wouldn't ask for anything better. I mean, the McConnells, are just, just uh, I can't say how much I appreciate everything they've done for me, and just choosing me to drive their cars, just it's just really a privilege.
5: Six
8: wins so far, and it's right at the beginning of July. This team is really clicking.
25: Yeah, uh, we're really blessed. Uh, the Lord, uh, man, he goes above and beyond each and every day to bless us. And, just see right here firsthand. I mean, he's blessed me over and over again, and I just, I just owe it all to him. Without him, none of this would be possible. Who else would you like to thank? Uh, I got to thank the Rustler Service, Pro uh, Recycling. We got the Kitchen Galleria, uh, uh, Boys Auto Sales. Uh, we got Economy Landscaping, Fat Chads, uh, Frank Oh, Knox Bakery. They're they come on this year, and they're a big help to us. Uh, I just want to, I just want to say hello to my dad, my girlfriend. They're back home watching. Uh, they're. You know, my dad wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here either. I mean, he's, uh, I don't know, he kept me going. You know, he's always telling us what we're doing, you know, what we're trying to do wrong. But, you know, uh, me and Rich, Rich just, I can't say how much he does and keeps this car maintained. You know, without him, I mean, Rich just it's unbelievable what he does in this car. And that's why it does what it does, because of the time he spends with it in the garage. So I gotta thank his wife, his daughter, uh, my family, my brothers here. Uh, just, just everybody that's a part of this team, I just can't thank them enough.
8: Last question. You drove 410 sprints for a long time, and you run these wingless things. These things pretty fun to drive?
25: Uh, I love driving them. I mean, like I said, I thank Vicki every time for bringing this sport, bringing this, bringing this series to it. Uh, i got to thank Don Blackshear for picking me to test. We tested here. The first place we ever tested was here. I got to test here with Arnie. And uh, I just thank them every time because... Uh, they, made, they made my career become what it is now. I mean, I, without the McConnells and them people, I wouldn't be here.
8: Congratulations, Gail, on a fine win tonight. Thank you very much. Gail Ruth Jr., ladies and gentlemen, he picks up the victory here. Uh, getting the flow racing coverage for Gail as well, driver from Pleasantville, Pennsylvania, that's been uh, involved in the racing for many, many, many years.
5: This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by RPS Financial Solutions.
6: Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway returns for its 43rd racing season in 2022 with a jam-packed weekly racing schedule. It all kicks off on Saturday, April 23rd, featuring our five weekly racing divisions, the Rush Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Open Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Throughout the season, PPMS will host several can Mish special events, including the 34th annual Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Pittsburgher 100, as well as three Rush Late Model Touring Series events, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Joke Jordan, steel city classic and the two night bill Hendren memorial other special events include the falcone automotive 410 outlaw sprint series the boss wingless sprint car series the penn ohio pro stock series ed labo memorial the red miley rumble the thunder on the dirt vintage modifieds the hobby stock invitational and more for our full schedule and all track information check out ppms.com and be sure to stay up to date by following us on facebook by searching pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway and on twitter at pa motor speedway Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster
23: way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry. We'll take it back. No questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away.
11: Number one, Cochrane. See it all at
8: Cochrane.com. Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Rappin' On Racing airs live Mondays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Rappin'OnRacing.com, or Hulu Television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email wrappingonracin at gmail.com.
0: Or
12: oh, they show
23: that it took my hand. Set some listen up, you gotta understand. If you wanna race, you gotta race right. The roll man's got some
2: good advice. You gotta wanna win.
4: Dave, a lot of results. Why don't you kick things off with uh what's going on?
2: The July fourth holiday extravaganza gave racers the opportunity two opportunities to pad their points for the season championships at Tri-City Raceway Park, and they will get a chance to do it again. This Sunday Thunder program to be held on July 10th will offer double points for all competitors.
4: Jack Sodeman Jr., a former track championship Jack Sodeman Jr., a former track champion, used two races to leap in the point lead for the 410 sprint cars. He now leads Carl Bowser by just three counters. A.J. Flick raced only one of the two days, finishing second to Cy Lynch, and he fell out of the point lead. Flick now sits at ninth in the rankings behind Brandon Mattis and ahead of Brandon Spithaler.
2: That's a lot of Brandons there.
4: Yes, (laughs) yes.
2: Yeah, that's a tongue twister there, but uh, getting back to our folks at Hummingbird, they had their mid-season championship night, and Super Late Models went to Paul Cott, his third straight win and 29th career win in a division. Now, because of his success, a $250 bounty has been put up by one of his sponsors, straw Con- Contracting, since Paul has won five of the six super late model races at Hummingbird so far this year. $50 will be added each week until somebody beats them.
4: In the pro stocks, Bruce Hartsfeld, it was his first win of the season. Four cylinders went to Blake Joyner. In the semi-late models, Nick Erskine, uh, his first win at the Bird this year. In the Economods, it was Mitchell Wright His first win at Hummingbird this season. Pro Stocks went to Josh Fields in the four-cylinder Powder Puff race, Brook Grove.
2: We head up to State Line Speedway up in Bustai, New York, and Dave Hess, who has great success at that track, picked up the UMLS Special. Hess then doubled again in his UMP Modified win, as did Blair, Johnson, Boardman, and Horton, who also scored big. It was a parade of veteran winners going to victory lane at State Line Speedway this past Saturday night as the UMLS Super Late Models made their visit. Two-time UMLS champion Dave Hess continued his two-class dominance in the Super Late Models and the UMP Modifies, easily picking up the win. Max Blair led every lap of the Rush crate-late model feature en route yet to another victory. Defending champion John Boardman scored yet another in the Penn, Ohio Pro Stock. Greg Johnson returned to the Rush Pro Mod victory lane, and Chris Horton scored another dominating performance in the Challenger nightcapper, gone.
4: At Raceway 7, the Econo Mod winner was Jarrett Young. Rush Modified's Aiden Cipriano, the Rush Late models, Jason Genko, the Wheel and Modified UMP special went to Joel Watson, and the mini-stocks was Jessica Harvey.
2: You know, We have some results from the Sharon Speedway, and Chris Snyder picked up the Penn Ohio Pro Stock went on. And the great thing that Chris does is, in you know, consummate driver, chassis builder, but I know he, a couple, uh, last month, he prior to the, Raced down at Pittsburgh to Laboon Memorial, took the car down, shook it down, and no pun intended. Is in the backup car was Rob shook. That was kind of a little play on words there. But Chris sets the car up, and then this coming week, pro stock drivers from I don't know how many states are going to you know uh, come upon Sharon Speedway for that like ten thousand dollar to win pro stock special. So. Again, Chris Snyder, having won it before, will be definitely a favorite along with Bobby Whitling and some of those guys on.
4: On a beautiful midsummer evening, Michael's Mercer Raceway completed its fifth show of the season with Dan Curragher picking up his first Mercer 410 sprint win worth $3,000. And it was also the 400th 410 sprint race at the track since it reopened in 1994
2: you know speaking of you know mercer there you know dan kerger has picked up a couple wins this year and this is another guy don you know not a real big budget team but they're still picking up wins and it's great to see dan and his dad because they work so hard but uh jeremy cornball won his third race saver 305 sprint feature Eric Gabaney returned to capture his second Big Lock modified win of 2022. Brian Schaefer won his third fast-track modified feature of the season. And Carl Early returned to victory lane in the mini stocks. Don, you know, I think we're making a star out of Jeremy Karnbach because he hadn't had too many wins. I don't think he had any wins prior to just the Codsey, and now three for the year.
4: Also want to mention that Brian Schwarzlander, scored in the big block Modifieds at Lake Trobe. Dave, the message must be getting out because a lot of these tracks that weren't sending results are now doing that, so we're able to uh, shed a little sunshine on their drivers, which is kind of nice.
2: It makes our show a little bit longer, but it also goes to show you that uh, the drivers apparently are listening to us, whether it's verbally here or at the track, and that goes out to the fans in you know, from our standpoint, the more fan base we have, the better it is for our ratings. And again, it's great to see that the drivers, the tracks are all working with us now, Don.
4: Well, the the thing that, uh, you know, that crew member <laughs> from Delaware said, what are, you, what are you doing? You told us we'd have interview on once before, and it wasn't, and I'm thinking... Man, that's, that's impressive. You know, we get a lot of emails and a lot of questions, but I love it when somebody that's a listener from far away chimes in and says, Hey, what's going on?
2: Well, I was down in Florida and I was just chatting to people. I said, what, what can I do for, you know, if you're a hobby? I said, Well, I'm definitely not a golfer. And I told them about racing and I, I said, Hey, here's a show, Wrapping on Racing, or a between two to three hour show weekly. April through, you know September. Then we do some specials in October and November. And I said, if you like racing, we have it. So again, you never know where our next listener is going to come from. Don,
4: one of our Florida listeners, religiously is Dave, uh, Dave Dragovich, the pundit of the pavement, and he. Uh, bought his house so he could be close to the racetrack, and he listens to the show every Monday night, which is kind of nice. Dave was always a big part of RPM Magazine and rapping on Racing, and we're just glad he's a, an avid listener. Well, uh, we're coming to the end of our three-hour show, so we're going to kind of have to wrap this up and get things going.
2: I just have one, one quick thing. Uh, just the Bill Forney Memorial was run over at Sharon Speedway, and good friends, Jeff Bucella and Ed Miller, put the Butch Bucella tribute car out there to, face, to pace that race. And uh, couldn't be two nicer guys that are out there. And one honoring his father and, you know, Ed Miller, he, you know, Butch was like a second dad to him. So I'm glad that event went off with no problems Don.
4: Well, I want you to have a nice weekend because Monday's going to be tough when you get back to work. I know that, you know, some little gremlin didn't come in and do all your work while you were gone.
2: Yeah, I need that little genie to blink, but I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, the rest was you know worth it, and it's re-energized my thing. And we're going to get out there, and we're going to hit the, you know, hit the dirt and the pavement while we can and provide the best for our listeners that, uh, that join us on Wrapping On Racing On. Thank you. Have a good evening, Don.
4: A new feature on the show is Victory Lane comments. Generally, every week, we have Nate Rigotti, Eric Westendorf, and Howie Bayless. We hope you enjoy these Victory Lane comments. Thank you. Continuing with Victory Lane, we're going to get some thoughts from Nate Rigotti and some of the winners from Jennerstown. Pfeiffer and Wenner not giving the leader much room in Barry Adi, but Ani gets right
12: past them. Is this orange and yellow 75 machine takes the white flag? One lap to go for Barry Audi. Audi won on Sunday night, trying to go back to back in the Martellas Pharmacies late models. Had to bust out a backup car last week. Drove that one to victory lane. He'll do it again. Berriotti takes the checkered flag. Brian Ship in the 48 comes home second in third. The 11 of Sweeney and a battle for fourth at the line. Barclay holds off Marhefka. It's your top five on the scoreboard presented by TriStar Motors and Saferno. Well service some great racing once again. Ladies and Ladies and gentlemen, Barriotti is out of his race. The 75 of Barriotti goes back to back. He wins on Sunday night. This thing was a rocket, Barry. I'll tell you what, you drove up through the field real real quick. Is this still the backup car?
1: Yeah, I think we were running the wrong one all year.
12: Man, I'll tell you what, do, do you have this thing prepared in your garage in case something does go wrong with your
1: primary car? Yeah, we thought we did. We come out and won with it, and we tweaked on it a little bit more this week and made it a little better.
12: Man, I'll tell you what. You you help everybody else's cars around this racetrack, it feels like. You work on so many of them. It's a passion of yours. It's been a passion in your family for so long. But, man, nobody's car is as fast as yours. What's the deal with yours, man? This thing is a rocket.
1: My crew, and we work harder than anybody else. Berriotti says he works. My daughter got me new socks. Boy, do they really work. (laughs) New socks
12: for Yeah, yeah, it's a good luck charm, right? Where's Carly at? That's a good luck charm. That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> Barry, who do you want to thank on this machine, man?
1: Uh, the Wheeler family, Stoystown Auto, Daniel Schaefer's, Struck Auto Body, Jet Engines, Port City, uh, Pizza Hut, Rustic Woods, Indy Lake R- Realty, Hampton Inn, Martellas, Morocco's, North Star Equipment. <laughs> who else you want to thank on this thing? Tailgates, uh, Pennsylvania Propane, Pro Disposal, uh, Total Mobility Services. Morocco, Grandma Wheeler, AR bodies, that should be good.
12: Hey, it's gotta be fun though. You, you have the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series hat on. We've got the NASCAR camera crew and stuff here tonight. A big celebration, a huge crowd to win in front of. It's gotta be pretty special for you. Hey, thanks for coming out everybody, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Barriotti, he's won half of the races this season. Anthony Aiello making a charge for third place. Then a car length of the 42 of Jason Bush here on the final lap. Aiello, still the fastest car on the racetrack, just running out of time as the checkered flag waves. Doug Glessner picks up his third win of the season. His teammate, R.J. DeLappi, comes home second. In third, the 42 of Jason Bush. Anthony Aiello picks up a fourth-place finish and finishing fifth, the 62 of Dr. Love, Adam Henry. Doug Glessner climbs out of the race car. Let him hear you. The 17 machine back in victory lane here at Jennerstown Speedway. He won last Saturday night. Gets to celebrate again in this 17 car. See his teammate R.J. Delapie in the 75 parked over here with him. Doug, come on, come out in front of your car, my man. This thing hooked up once again tonight.
9: Yeah, the old the old girl's uh, she's a good one. It, it was a little off, but it was still it was good enough to get the job done. Had
12: your brother finish behind you last Saturday night in second. Now your teammate, R.J. DeLappi, finishing second. There's something going right with these race cars.
9: Yeah, they're, they're both going good now. It's uh, A lot of work we're doing, so it's all starting to pay off. A lot of fun, man. You've got to be enjoying yourself. You
12: had a bunch of wins last year, a third win already halfway through the season. This has just got to be fun to get behind this wheel.
9: Yeah, it's a blast. I, you know, it don't matter where you start. When the car's good, it's good. You're just going to get up there. And everybody here, we're, we're all so stinking close now. Whoever's hits it a night's gonna win that's just the way it is but it was just our night we hit it good and worked out who do you want to thank on this race car doug first of all jim and jimmy's phil never made it to a victory lane picture he thought he was bad luck so finally he got in getting in a picture so everybody get down to jim and jimmy's tomorrow and get a beer and some lunch and uh i'd like to thank certified lift totem Mobility the for letting us play with both these cars it's a it's a blast uh my brother my family my wife she she had everything loaded for me this morning. It was awesome. There ain't too many wives come back a trailer in our driveway. I'll guarantee you that. I thank them. Uh, Pro Disposal, um, Certified Lift, Holster McClark, um, 814 Lanes, Mox Barbershop, Doug Black. Special thanks to him this week for helping me out. Uh, Jimmy at uh, uh, Jet Engines. We've been having carburetor issues, a bunch of little things, but we got them all helped out thanks to both them guys. So. Everybody's been busting their butts on these two cars and it's paying off. Doug Glessner picks up
12: his third win of the season in the Soystown Auto Records modified. Make some noise for your winner. One race separates us from the Martellas Pharmacies Late Models, our premier division here at Jennerstown Speedway. And then we'll have fireworks. By the way, fans, uh, once we clear victory lane for. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for our winner tonight Jeff Giles in the 50 machine. A dominant performance after starting up front, your current points leader picks up his second win of the season. This car's been fast uh, all year long, and boy, the clean air out in front allowed him to cruise with this one. Jeff, you ran away with this thing tonight, my friend.
26: Yeah, I knew I had a good. I knew we had a good car in practice today. It was. It's been off the last couple weeks, and I put a lot of time in this week up on the scale trying to get it figured out, and found my track bar was it was out of adjustment and a couple things and I got it back back in top form here tonight and we had a good starting spot so I figured we had a pretty good shot. You
12: cruised to this win you know it takes a lot of work to get these race cars right you know you say that you've had this thing up you know how many hours are you putting into this thing each and every night it's not just driving at the track on Saturdays.
26: Um, if I don't tear anything up, I usually fool with it two nights a week and probably four to five hours a day whenever I'm messing with it, it's about 10 hours of maintenance a week, not counting if you broke anything.
12: Now you are at the top of the point standings. Are you starting to pay attention to that a little bit in in such a competitive division?
26: Yeah, I pay attention a whole lot about it. I have my own spreadsheet at home, and I calculate because we're all allowed to drop a race, and I have all that figured out. And Yeah, it was nice to get a win finally. I had a bunch of seconds, but I'm really glad to be back here. Um, the last time that my dad was at a race was in 2005 at Motordrome when I won my last race prior to Redstone and Pro Stock. So he's here tonight, so it's kind of nice to have him here.
12: That is awesome. How about a round of applause for Jeff's dad being here for his first win since '05? Hey, who do you want to thank on this machine?
26: Uh, I'd like to thank Empire Raps. My friend Sam and Mary Ann helped me out on it. Uh, Zach Blackstone is a Berkshire Hathaway realtor. Uh, he helped me out. Uh, my friend Dr. Kevin Metzger, the dentist, helped me out. Uh, Tots and Tykes, <laughs> Painter's Choice Auto Body, um, Expert Paving Company. I uh, hope I'm not forgetting anyone. But I'd like to thank God for keeping us here and keeping us safe tonight too.
12: Jeff Giles in Stony's Beer Victory Lane picks up his second win of the season. Make some noise for this young man. Down here in Stony's beer, victory lane. Scott Mitchell climbs out of the race car. Makes some noise for our winner. Get to claim his second checkered flag of the season here at Jennerstown Speedway. Look at the donuts on the side of this machine. This thing has been through... Almost looks like a war zone over here, my friend, but man, this 20 car is hooked up. I know you're not racing a full season, but you have been fast when you have been here. Take me through those last couple of laps battling for the lead. Uh, It was a lot of fun, and like I said, uh, it's pretty
27: slick. Everybody's loose. I had a push in the center, so I couldn't come off the way I wanted to, Uh, but the longer the car went, the better it got. So I was really happy with how it finished up, but we got together several times here. And like I said, everybody races pretty clean in this class and that's why it's a lot of fun.
12: It was a lot of fun. It looked like Nick had slid up in front of you coming up this front stretch a little bit. Were you thinking about diving inside on him?
27: Uh, no, I, I, he, was, he was protecting the inside and I was gonna go to the outside anyhow. And like I said, I just, his tires were going away. He was getting looser as it went on and my car was getting better. So just had to wait, but I didn't know if I had too much time to wait. We're
12: gonna see you a couple more times here at Jennerstown Speedway this
27: season. Yes, sir, I like to. Like I said, we have a lot of fun here, and I got a couple young drivers behind me they are supposed to take this car over eventually, but nobody did yet. Who do you want to thank on this race car, Scott? Uh, this, is, uh, this is my car, so uh, Rocket Rick. This is a uh, racing tuned engine from uh, Rocket. Uh, that My uh, mother has some money in this. Uh, obviously, Ron Delano, uh, big John Morocco, keeps me at the
12: track. He calls and bugs me and says, get to the track. So when he calls, I go. A big win for Scott Mitchell tonight, his second of the season. Make some noise for Scott. How about a round of applause for that driving at the end to pick up that win. Some awesome racing already in our Rons Collision Center, Street Stocks, and our Farmers Union Co-op Chargers. But we still have four more divisions of racing left here at Jennerstown Speedway before we get to fireworks. We get to a concert. It's an electric feeling here in Sony's Beer Victory Lane getting ready. For Rick Milab to climb out of this 37 machine. Gets a hello from his son. Here he is. Rick Milab climbs out of his race car. Let him hear ya. He is pumped in this 37 machine, standing on top of his car. Rick, come on over here, man. You get to do a Victory Lane interview. Get that checkered flag. He gets some handshakes down here in Victory Lane. Rick, come over here, my friend. Yes, sir. Man, you were battling up there for the lead. What were you thinking when that yellow came out?
7: i just run my line. The thing was hooked up tonight. I had no worries. Wasn't watching me mirror. I mean, I had a, had a new right rear tire on tonight, and felt it fell.
12: After that restart, you and Greg were battling up there with the, the 44. What happened between you two? I, he just tried to take my door off to get the bottom.
7: But then he got out of it, and I got into it, and then went around him. Good, clean win. It's good to be back here in Generous Speedway in Victory Lane. In the in mid-'90s, we did this, and it was so much fun. Uh, i like to thank uh, the Archery Zone with the Tazes and uh, Townsville Trucking, uh, Help Flooring. Uh, my dad's up there every week, vote uh, cheering for me, my wife, daughter. Pit Crew, my son, Kunchers, Sean Bean, Pritz, Corden. We've got a lot of people to thank, and uh, we finally figured something out maybe. Maybe for Casey,
12: I don't know. He had some bad luck. A big win for the 37 of Rick Milab. Let him hear ya! Gets to celebrate in victory lane. Gets that checkered flag. Will get to shake his son's hand after finishing in that one. You see the 21 car packed back or parked here behind them. Man, uh, great racing on our very first feature race. 17 of Skyler berkey parks it down here in victory lane picking up his second career win here at jennerstown speedway in a brand new race car getting some congratulations from this Vassis racing team his teammate caleb vastus behind him still getting some hugs inside the race car a great celebration for this fastest racing team. Ladies and gentlemen, Skylar Berkey, he's out of the race car, he can hear you. Make some noise for this driver. Hugs all around down here in Victory Lane. They put a lot of work into this race car this week. Gets a handshake here from Caleb Vassus' his teammate, a big old hug. Skyler, come on over here, my friend gets to hold his his checkered flag i know that uh you had some damage to your car this is a brand new race car
28: for you tell me how much work you guys put into this thing over the last couple of days uh it's it's been insane it's almost been too much i mean we've been up since two o'clock every morning this week putting back together everybody's standing back here everybody helped i mean we couldn't have did it without them did you think you were going to end
12: up in victory lane tonight after uh, having this brand new race car?
28: No, no, especially after the heat race it got into it there a little bit, I thought it was the setup was going to be all messed up, but it worked out. So,
12: How much work did you have to put into this thing in the pits after you bring a brand new race car out here
28: and you get in some trouble in the heat race? I mean, it wasn't too, too bad. It was tweaked a little bit. We adjusted some camber and stuff, but we got it back together and it worked out. Were you watching your teammate Caleb behind you? I would have, but we don't run mirrors. So I, I could hear him, but I, I couldn't see him. Skyler Berkey, who do you want to thank on this race car? Uh, I would like to thank Coal Miner's Diner, Knucklehead, Knucklehead, Saloon, Knucklehead Saloon, MRES, M-R-E-S uh, Morocco uh, Welding, Stoystown Auto Wreckers, w- Schaefer Contracting, w- Contracting Auto, Make, uh, Highlight the Wave Salon, uh, Miltz Auto, Dunmire Auto Sales and Service, Adams, and Amy and Brandon Adams. W- Hey, happy birthday, by the way, Jake and Sheila Tressler. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing some, but that's all I can remember right now. A bunch of sponsors on this thing getting some help from
12: Caleb down here. That's a good teammate. Did, were, were you trying to get him down there?
28: Yeah, I had nothing for this boy. I don't
12: know what the hell was up. The 17 car of Skyler Berkey picks up his second win of the season. Make
4: some noise for this young man. We're going to share some very nice interviews with Eric Westendorf from the Lernerville Speedway.
29: into three and four. He'll see the white flag this time to stand. Dietz running the bottom. Norris and Miley running the top side in first and third. Good battle for fifth continues. Sean Randall will try to slide under Miller. He's got him off a of turn four. Sean Brand to fifth. Out front, checkered flag will wave for the crusher, Mike Norris. Coming to the checkered flag, Mike Miller gets the fifth spot back on the final lap. So good battle there between Miller and and Shaldenbrand will go to Mike Miller as the checkered flag waves. But for the first time this season and the 33rd time for his career, Michael Norris is our feature winner in the Precise Racing Super Superlay model, second to the 77 of Tyler Dietz, third to the 10 of Jared Miley, fourth to the J4 of John Garvin, fifth to the 81 of Mike Miller. We'll head down to Terry Bowser excavating Victory Lane to talk to tonight's feature winner, the crusher, Mike Norris. It's climbing out of a car. How about a big hand for the crusher? Mike Norris. Mike kind of a war of attrition tonight. Tough car on the track. He had a good weekend for the firecracker, but always good to get back to Terry Bowser excavating victory lane.
30: Yeah, I just we've had an up and down year, man. We've been fast and i I felt like I've been off here all year and uh That was a pretty demanding track. Um, I don't know what happened there. I think we might have knocked a couple of plug wires off. It was running Pretty bad there at the end, but thanks to Gary and Jeff, she held together, and uh, our car was good. I just, I kept getting tighter and tighter. The, the car was stumbling a little bit, but uh, I'll take it any way I can get it. I've wanted to be in here all year, and I feel like we just gave a couple away, and uh, we were good at the firecracker. just wasn't our year, so uh, I'm just happy to be here. I got to thank uh, Corey Fox Trucking this first time I'm here in Victory Lane for him, and uh, Woods Rod and Custom, Lojax Yamaha, D&D Auto Salvage, Millerstown Part Integra, Rocket, um, my dad. We decided to come racing at like 1:30 today there wasn't even a rear end in the car. Uh, I got to thank Dakota, uh, my wife Jesse, Mindy Nico, um, a lot of people to thank and uh, I'm just glad to be here. So first one
29: of the season at 33 for your career. that's hard to believe
30: already. It is I remember I used to really despise coming here. I used to be really bad here. I tried to knock that wall down a couple of times and it trust me, it doesn't move, but uh, I got to say thanks to all you fans for coming out and uh,
29: we' just uh, we'll see you. see you when we see you. So congratulations on the feature win. How about another big hand for the Crusher? Two laps to go. White flag will wave for Rex King Jr. Out of three and four for the final time. Coming to the checkered flag for the first time in 2022. Rex King Jr. is your modified feature winner. Absolutely dominant performance. Green to checkers. Eight and a half seconds margin of victory for Rex King Jr., his 30th Lernerville feature win, second to the 61 of Dave Murdick, third to the 37 MD of Jeremiah Shingledecker, fourth to the 18 of Cold Walters, and fifth to the 29 of Garrett Crummer. We'll head down to Terry Bowser excavating victory lane to talk to tonight's feature winner, Rex King Jr. He is out of his car. We got fresh batteries in the wireless microphone. How about a big hand for Cooter? Rex King Jr., not the best season to start with heard you brought out maybe a backup car change that luck a little bit
21: no yeah we've had a horrible season man and my i gotta give it off to my brother i mean he's worked and worked and worked on this thing It uh, I, starting on the front row doesn't you know doesn't hurt us here in this deal and i'm pretty sure it's probably one laying around the top but i mean i you know someone had to start there and we'll take it you know it's, it's this longest i've been without having to win locally anywhere you know so we're happy to get this one all my my wife and kids are here uh, the only people I miss are my parents, and uh, but they're watching at home. My grandma, um, you know, everybody like that uh, that's watching home, we appreciate it. This Lunderville TV deal is pretty cool. I'm um, just really happy and very fortunate.
29: So 30 Lunderville feature wins. Um, that's a pretty significant milestone.
21: I don't know if we're getting old or you're just that good, probably a little bit of both. No, I mean, I am I'm feel like I'm old. I'm getting fat. I'm worn out. You know, I, I'm just lucky there's no, uh, you know, 18-year-olds coming into this game right now or I'd be in trouble probably. <laughs> So you thanks your family and crew. What about sponsors that make it possible? Yeah, I mean, I've had great sponsors. This is like my 16th or 17th year racing, and, and everybody's been with me damn near the whole time. So I really got to thank all my sponsors, everybody on the car, uh, you know, my family for allowing us to do this, and uh, just everybody, all the fans, Learnerville Speedway for having us. I know we didn't have a big car count, uh, but at least, the you know, <laughs> we'll take it, right?
29: Absolutely. The family's here. Go enjoy it. How about another big hand for Cooter, Rex King
21: Jr.? And a big uh, special special thank you to my grandmother. She doesn't come to the races anymore, but she's at home watching. And, again, because of Learnville TV, uh, she gets to watch her grandkids go out there and whoop some ass, huh? (laughs)
29: Congratulations, Rex. Brad McDonald still second. Then Schneider, Jake Dietz, and Pat Weldon. Or, excuse me, Todd Weldon. Mike Bort taking the 26 pit side in the closing laps. White flag will wave for Tyler Dietz. Todd Weldon trying to drive underneath Jake Dietz at three and four. Dietz will hold the position at the white flag. Into three and four for the final time. A lap card did come into play here, but plenty of room for Tyler Dietz to cruise into the checkered flag. Jake Dietz will hang on to finish fourth. A great battle ahead of Todd Weldon in fifth. Tyler Deeds will pick up his fourth feature win of the season in the Millerstown pick-apart Penn, Ohio Pro Stocks, second to the 25 of Brett McDonald, third to the 55 of Chris Schneider, fourth to the 27 of Jake Deeds, and fifth to the 45 of Todd Weldon. We'll head down to Terry Bowser excavating victory lane to talk to tonight's feature winner, Tyler Deeds. Heck of a run, Tyler. Four feature wins. I know last time we were here, he didn't have any luck, but a second-place finish in the late model and a feature win here in the Pro Stocks. Great night all around.
31: Yeah, I couldn't be happier. Uh, I mean, I, I would love to uh, win that late model race on the same night that I won one of these. And I'm going to try everything I can to do that this year. And uh, just awesome to be able to race with Norris and Miley and those guys. Uh, last couple of years, struggled, struggled, struggled trying to, you know, I know I feel like I could run, run with them, but I just couldn't prove it and, and do it. And hopefully the last couple of weeks that we got this new car out, hopefully we can stay up there and prove that, we should run with them guys too
29: it definitely you had some issues with the supply chain didn't have the parts weren't ready to go but that thing's been a rocket out of the box
31: i love that car it just drives so good uh trying stuff a little bit off a of baseline i drive a little weird and uh so you know we're, we're pretty close but uh I, I changed a couple things on that car and it was just a tiny bit too tight in the center tonight otherwise maybe maybe we would have uh, been down here earlier but uh i'm just happy to be racing with that company
29: doesn't look to be far away, but who is it uh, makes it possible for you? Family, crew, sponsors—not only on this car, but in the late model.
31: I got to thank everybody who helped get this together. This motor wasn't even in this car until about nine o'clock last night. We uh, found out if we've been running it hurt the last few weeks, so uh, I'm happy that we were able to win uh, tonight. And uh, you know, maybe the motor was hurting us more than I thought. But uh, huge thanks to Todd uh, Peterman. Jake, uh, I don't want to forget nobody. Everyone was down at the shop helping me. I had a lot of stuff going on this week, and I almost didn't race tonight. Those guys jumped in, helped get everything done. Uh, So this is for them.
29: Definitely paid off. Feature win in the pro stock, second in the late models. That late model feature win is not far behind. But a big hand for tonight's feature winner, Tyler Dietz. Two laps to go at the flag stand for Justin Clark, the traveler. Looking for his 10th win of the season, six in a row. The young man is absolutely on fire down the back stretch into three and four. He'll see the white flag this time at the sand. Into three and four for the final time. Coming to the checkered flag, but chased the whole way by Greg Dobrosky. Justin Clark is your Allegheny Sprint Tour feature winner. Terry Boser excavating Victory Lane as your feature winner in the Allegheny Sprint Tour. 3.05, second to the 88 of Greg Dabrowski, third to the 16 of Jim Morris, fifth to the 25 of Jarrett Rosenkrantz, and fifth to the 12G of Tommy Jason. Justin Clark is out of the car, got the checker flag heading up top. How about a big hand for your feature winner, Justin Clark? Yeah, Justin, you definitely earned a good. Grab a swig of ice-cold water there if you need If what I'm hearing is correct, that is six straight feature wins and ten for you on the season?
32: Uh, Five and nine, but uh, hopefully do that tomorrow. And where are we going tomorrow night? Uh, We'll be at Atomic tomorrow, uh, weather pending. If not, we'll go to Kokomo, so uh, pretty big uh, traveling weekend. Lots
29: of travel. A lot of success in the 305s, future in the 410s maybe. How soon do you think that might happen?
32: Uh, You know, I started out the year running both my car and a 410, and... uh, and I just, at one point, you know, just realized uh, I need to focus on finishing out the season in my car and uh, see what kind of opportunities come about. Uh, if not, then uh, you know, we'll go down, hopefully we'll go down as a two-time national champion. Well,
29: congratulations on the feature win. I know Mom's here and family or uh, other crew and sponsors to
32: make it possible for you. Uh, I got to thank uh, Dennis Nalen and uh, Tim Engler. Uh, man, they uh, made a nice piece for me right there. And uh, you know, it just shows uh, the hard work uh, pays off. Um, who's your sugar daddy Walker from simpson race products uh, worldwide friends adam johnson companies uh, finish line paint and drywall turn three gang uh, speedco uh, true form race products slicker graphics can't forget him and uh you know my mom and dad for everything they do for me and uh, uh, my amazing girlfriend uh, you know she had to work so she couldn't make it but uh, hopefully she'll be here tomorrow
29: congratulations on the feature win good luck the rest of the weekend and the season pursuing 10 feature wins and probably many more your 305 winner tonight with the Allegheny Sprint Tour is Justin Clark.
0: Stand on it! Come on, man! Stand on it! Stand on it Generous
2: Jennerstown Speedway proudly presented Rapping On Racing, the Tri State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners, recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the eastern United States. Have a great week, and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing. Stand
0: on it. Come on, y'all, stand on it.